And now, introducing a man who will never load the bases and go down swinging. He will never fail to convert for two. He will never let you down, give you up, run around, and desert you. And do you know why? Because he is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. That must mean that I am Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. We got a lot to do. It's a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Did my is it my headphones that got turned up or is am I just louder for some reason? I don't it must be my headphones. Very weird. That happened in the middle of the show yesterday. I was like, what went on here? I think it's just my headphones, but you're, I don't know. You're, that. you're turned up a little louder than you should be. Well, that might be part of the problem then. And now my headphones don't sound right. So there we go. I gotta get that fixed. We took care of that. This is the perfect time to be dealing with things like this. This I, is well. W- we are a well-oiled machine. I blame Papa Cass. Mm, tough day. I, I, tough I, day. I, tough day. All right. Uh, lot to lot to do on the program today. Um, Wednesdays we make our trip down to Bowie to chat with the Bay Sox. Today pitcher Drew Rom, who I believe was the first starter for the year for the Bowie Bay Sox, Gonna catch up with him. Still very much a part of the plans for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, we continue our coverage of the NFL draft. Joshua Ross, linebacker from Michigan. I don't know if you've heard, but the guy that was running the defense at Michigan, he runs the defense now in Baltimore. So it might make sense for them to be a little interested in maybe some of the quality defensive players that were at Michigan a year ago. We'll chat with Joshua Ross a little bit later on this hour. Also, it's Wednesday, so Drew Forrester will check in with us, and our buddy Keith Cavanaugh from Terrapin Times is going to check in with us a little bit later on as well. So much to do on a Wednesday edition of the program. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good, bpdrecruit.org. So I have seen, you know, I, we, we met your father the other day, Paul. I mm-hmm. have seen a little bit of him come out in your Twitter account uh, throughout the course of the week. You get, you get more than a little worked up about things. You get a little... What, what are you like personally while you're watching these games? Because your Twitter would make it seem like you're a maniac. <laughs> what are you... Like, um, I just can't... Fa- like, I had the game on in the background last night. Actually, my... Uh, uh, my, my, one of my, my... The best man at my wedding came over and um, had dinner with us last night and hung out with the kids, and we played Scrabble with my wife, and we watched the game in the background. And, you know, trust me, when I was... So, for whatever reason, because he thinks it irks me. Like, he's still convinced to this day that I am the biggest sports fan on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Which, once upon a time, when like we were kids, was true. And so, like he's not a big sports He's a Ravens fan. He cares a lot about the Ravens. He doesn't really care about anything else. He's like, I'll go for the scene, but he's not a big fan. And so he thinks, because he could get under my skin when we were younger by like rooting against whoever it was that I was watching. A lot of people do that. Yeah, and it's fine. But he doesn't understand that I just don't give a rat's ass any longer. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm too old for this. I'm uh, I'm Danny Glover, right? Like I'm I'm getting too old for this. I, it just it doesn't affect me. So last night he's doing the bit when they loaded the bases in the uh, eighth inning, where he's like, ah, it's gonna be a triple play, and I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, well, if I had to bet, it'll, uh, you know, on me. So I bet they'll score one run. <laughs> I bet they're not gonna have a big inning, but I bet they get one. So shame on me because you know I was wrong about that too. 
but I didn't care. Like it's you just can't get me emotionally invested mm-hmm. in a team that just doesn't really matter all that much. You very much, very clearly are emotionally invested. Yes. What are you? Are you basically what you describe your father as being during no. these games? No. Uh, I know enough. I know so much about this team that I'm watching them load the bases in the eighth inning yesterday, and I see who's coming up. Right. And I'm thinking... But you're still pretty pissed off about it. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you're because... Not, you're look, not acting like, hey, I, you know, I, I kind of expected that. <laughs> I don't... Just because I expect it doesn't mean it's not going to piss me off. <sighs> I, I, I don't care how bad your baseball team is. You load the bases with nobody out, and you go down You go down on strikes. On th- Next three guys go down on strikes on 11 pitches. Uh you got to be able to put the ball in play. Man. You are professional. E- even in the minors, you're a professional baseball I player. I don't know if you heard. Devin Williams is pretty good, bro. Yeah, no. He, like, he he's is pretty good. good. But you can't even touch a pitch. Well, I mean, you can't it's touch not like they didn't pitch. try. They tried. <laughs> oh, they, there some they tried so hard. I, I, I look and I'm like. You get so worked up. I'm, I'm like Chris Owings. And I even called it. I'm sitting there and I'm like, they just walked two, two batters in a row. Chris Owings is going to strike out swinging at pitches nowhere near the strike zone. Took one right down the middle to, okay, to but start. When you say it's not, it's not like it's erratic. Like he throws pitches that fall out of the zone. Yes, I mean, and, and, and his stuff was absolutely yes. filthy last night. Yes, but Chris Owings swung at pitches that never started in the strike zone. Uh, they never started in the strike zone. Uh, the, not the third one. The third one dropped. The third one absolutely dropped yes. right through. It came over looking like it was fat. Mm-hmm. And it dropped. The life came out of it. It was a phenomenal pitch. It was a breathtaking type of pitch. Well, and and, and then uh, I'm, I'm watching in the ninth inning, and Mullins gets the leadoff double. And I'm thinking, okay, you have the right people in your lineup coming up. And Mountcastle, he tried. He, mm-hmm. I, he 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 tried hard. He had only struck out one time going into yesterday's game, and he strikes out. He strikes out three times. Trey, Trey Mancini, the first victim of the new wall. That's right. Uh, that the game would have been tied had the wall been the same as it was last year. That's the thing. And, and I guess I'm just I'm just I expect them to lose every game. Every game I expect them to lose. But However, you're very clearly mad about it. Yes, I'm mad about it when right. when you're when, very clearly that I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I'm not mad. You're very clearly that guy. I'm 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 mad when you lose because of bad baseball. And I consider striking out on eleven pitches by th- three guys striking out on their own eleven pitches bad baseball. When all you have to do is hit a ground ball to the right side <laughs> or hit you, a lazy fly ball to left why field. Why do you think you'd be getting good baseball? That's the part that I like. This somebody. Is, on Twitter said this was going to happen. I mean, who? who was so, it? so, so, uh, uh, Brian Powell. Oh said, yeah, that's he, a... he said this is such a a, a good dichotomy because Paul's so passionate. And oh my clearly god, clearly doesn't care. Oh my god, <laughs> he was like Paul's so worked up. It's, he, it humors me when I watch it on Twitter. He said I'm Paul's like, he's gonna so worked up about this he bad said, team. Paul's gonna say. These guys are four for forty-seven and runners are in scoring yeah, well, position, are. and it, Glenn's going to say, "But they're not real baseball players." But that's the point. And I was like, "That's one hundred percent." I just don't know why I th- I can't fathom being invested in this. I can't fathom being I at can't. the major league level and not being able to put a ball in play. But they're not supposed to be at the major league level. I mean, Jorge Mateo is. I mean, He's the only one who touched the pitch. He foul tipped one. Oh yeah, good. He had that going. The only for him. one. That was the only one that actually disappointed me because I'm I'm trying. So I'll pull the curtain back. Before the year began, uh, Lil Jordan asked uh, Paul and I a uh, fantasy baseball advice question, 
and it was Mateo or Gutierrez, mm-hmm. correct? And I was like, are you out of your mind, Mateo? And Paul said back, no, Gutierrez. And I was like, what? So now I'm I'm weirdly invested in Jorge Mateo because I want to be able to, to jokingly come back and say, how's Gutierrez doing, you jerk? How's that going for you? I just I don't think that Jorge Mateo. I, I I'm more intrigued by by the offense by Mateo, but I don't. Th- I, I thought he wouldn't get as much playing time because I don't think his defense is good enough to be a starting well, shortstop. They have to play somebody, right? Like, I know. Well, no, but I, I like Mateo. I, 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 he's been like getting Mateo, on base a ton. Right. I, I I like Mateo. I just. Is. I saw I saw Gutierrez's bat come alive last year. I liked his defense. I saw him hit pretty well in the in the Dominican Winter League. So I was like, I'm going to give Gutierrez a, my, my a fair shake here. And then he plays one game, and then we see Rufned Odor. Um, your guy in the lineup three you hate, you hate days. Him so much. I, I can't. It's so him. funny. He has, he has no business it's on this. So roster. funny how worked up you are. Oh, it's so. I enjoy it. I need you to know. It gives me joy. Like, I'm, I'm sh- I, I, I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to like. I don't have to respond. I don't have to. Pl- I just get to watch from afar and I, just take I great joy in how much you care. Roof net door, and then Spencer Watkins. What do? What else do you need to see? You saw it last year. Wait, he's who else oh, he's is not gonna pitch. Anybody else? Who name call, him? Call up Chris Ellis. At least he had success last year. Spencer Watkins is a steaming pile of hot garbage. Not to like, not to. I'm sure he's a hell of a human being and he has a cool arm tattoo, but he's not a major league pitcher. Okay. Not a, and he's a nice looking man. I'll give him that. You know, you can smell your own. Um, uh, Paul. But if they had major league pitchers, they would let those guys pitch. But they, they don't have, have they have guys that are better than Spencer Watkins at Triple A. If you say so, who pitched last night at uh, Norfolk? Who was it? Um, oh, Kyle Bradish. Yeah, so I, I saw I saw a few people that were posting like, well, maybe five days. You let him make the. Na- I don't know. There, man. He, he like, was, it seems awfully early. They held him back at, at Sarasota to build up his innings. Yeah. They're not going to give him one start. I'm like, well, all right, you, you're ready. Okay, but you say that. It's not like they're getting innings out of anybody else. Yeah. Like it's not like Bruce Zimmerman gave him innings. Like they're just sort of letting anybody go out there and pitch. No, even you if. Get, you can get four innings out of anybody. Glenn, even if I don't want to be, I'm going to be invested for six freaking not, months. You, what you so hear, I, what have you, to, I have to hope I can what, see something what worthwhile. What you're hearing is me telling you you're making a mistake. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> like, oh no. I, I need I, you I to know. know. Do whatever you want to do. I guess what I'm just saying don't, is I can't don't, explain don't, it either. Don't get canceled, right? Like, I don't want that. I, I Do whatever I, you want to do. I can't explain it either. And in a weird way, it gives me an amount, an additional amount of joy because I'm sitting back finding such humor in how invested you are in this very, very bad baseball team. I don't get it at all. I don't understand but you are in, man. You know what I was invested in last night? I was invested in the fact that the uh, Twins and Dodgers restarted at like 1 in the morning, and I looked down as I was going to bed, and I said, yeah, I could throw a live bet. The number was, I want to say, that, what was the final score of that game last night? I was asleep. <sighs> yeah, as, as I should have been, but I was prepping for a lacrosse game I had to do. Dodgers and Twins restarted. The final score was seven to two. So there was a prop that was available as in uh, live betting wise as the game got into the ninth inning, where it was the total for the Twins. Like basically, the prop was would they score one more run? It's like it's one in the morning. You've played through a lengthy rain delay. It's seven to two. You're not winning the game. There is no chance that these guys are going up there 
and and working through trying to score a run. There's mm. just no. There are three dudes. They're gonna walk the plate and try to hit a home run, and that's going to be that. There's just no way. And it was only something like minus three hundred. So I was like, I'm gonna get froggy, and I want to say I threw something like three hundred bucks at it. I was no. like, Yeah, yeah, man, a hundred percent. Work out. It worked out great. It couldn't have worked out any better. It worked out exactly the way that I assumed that it would. Who's it's? Well, I, I get it. It's it's Minnesota, so it's only twelve at night. But still, it's after midnight. Mm-hmm. You had to wait out a rain delay. You're and, not. And you gave up six runs in the top of the eight. You're not winning the baseball game. Yeah. You don't want to be there any longer. You're just ready. The human nature, man. You're ready to go home. You're stepping up. You're still going to swing to see if you're going to hit a home run because home runs are good for your stats, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But you're not going – they're not getting a runner on first and trying to have him steal second, and they're not manufacturing a run in the ninth inning of the game. It ain't right. happening. It wouldn't happen in a game that was finishing at 10 o'clock at night. They wouldn't do that in a 7-2 game. The fact that it's midnight only – they're just up there hacking. That's all they're doing. They're up there swinging for the fences. Now, there's always the risk that they run into one, right? There's always a risk of something like that. But it felt pretty comfortable, so I was happy I made that play. That's what I was. That's what got me worked up last night. <laughs> the way you were feeling watching the Orioles game when I was emotionless, other than extraordinarily happy for Cedric Mullins. It was awesome, uh, his first career Grand Slam. That's always cool. There's something about that because like, my kids were still up at that point. And like they're just figuring out like what a grand slam is and mm-hmm. why. So now they think it's the coolest thing ever. They think that they you should stop the game and like have a ceremony to honor someone because they just hit a grand slam and you don't get to see that very often, right? Mm-hmm. So like in their world, it's that big of a deal. Like they just kept talking about it. They're trying trying to get them to go to bed. They're like, remember when Cedric Mullins hit that grand slam? I'm like, yeah, buddy, I remember. It, it was five minutes ago, dude. But it was a grand slam. That did was they, really good. Did they good. say, dude? I mean, they might have. I don't remember. <laughs> like, it, they were really excited. They yeah, were really cool. excited about Cedric Mullins. I was. I threw my, my fist in the air at work. It was cool. I, it was a very cool moment. I didn't know he hadn't, he hadn't hit a Grand Slam before. I thought that was super cool. Um, you know, and, and back-to-back days where he comes through with the bases loaded, like, you feel good because, again, they're, the players that you're actually invested in on this team, the players that you actually care about, you have some sort of emotional attachment to in some way, that's the only thing you're going to get me to, to be concerned about, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to continue to root for Trey because I'm going to root for Trey because on a personal level, I love Trey. On a personal level, Cedric Mullins is a tremendous human being. Yep. Um, you know, has not been here as long as Trey has, so, you know, we don't, we don't know him in the same way. But Cedric Mullins is a wonderful, wonderful human being. So happy, so very happy for, for those guys when they get that. If John Means goes out and duels you know, Corbin Burns tonight and matches him, which, by the way, if there was a night to go to the ballpark, tonight would probably be the night. You know? yeah. I don't blame you. This is a pretty good night to go to a ballpark. Like, You took advantage of them $4 tickets the Orioles were offering. I think you're getting a little bit more bang for your buck. I get it. The Orioles aren't very good. But this is still a John Means-Corbin Burns pitching matchup that you're signing up for tonight. That's a... I would say that's a slightly more than four dollar value that you're getting for your four dollar tickets. So you know they don't they don't pay me to maybe they do actually I think they might be spending money with us right now. So you know what I don't have to do reads for them, but I'll do a read anyway. Go to the baseball game tonight. It's 
if there is a baseball game to go to, this would be the one. Like, this would be the one that you'd identify and say, if you're a baseball fan, this is a good baseball matchup between John Means and Corbin Burns. But you have an emotional investment in that guy. Like, you have an emotional investment in those three guys, the M's, and, of course, Jorge Mateo. So the four guys, those are the four guys we all have emotional investments in. Everybody knows it's Means, Mancini, Mullins, and Mateo. Those and Mount are the Castle. Ones. And Mount Castle, correct. All of the M's. All of the, are there anybody uh, anybody else that I'm not thinking of that has an, an M name uh, that's on the Not off the top. I mean, remember, I didn't know who like five guys were on the roster when they announced it. So, speaking of five guys, I'm kind of hungry. Anybody go for a burger? (laughs) (laughs) Four dudes. Yeah, right. Four dudes, burgers. Um, Um, I I will say, go down to the ball. I got three tickets and a parking pass for 45 bucks plus service fees. But who are you going with? Who's uh, uh, I'm taking my best friend and his dad. We haven't been to a uh, game together cool. since Very the cool. Delman Double game, so we're going. Very cool. It'll be a fun night to be at the ball. But yeah, yeah, this is like again. There's not going to be a lot of these during the course of the season. There's going to be whatever the first night Adley Rutschman's here, whatever the first night Grayson Rodriguez. There'll be a few games this season where there will be juice for. There's not going to be as much juice for this one, but from a pure pick a night to go. I remember as a kid, my parents. Because we have fa- uh, my mom's sister and her family live in Vegas, and twice when we were younger, when we were young, they um, they, they literally like they packed us in a car and drove across the country twice mm-hmm. to go out to Vegas. Because my parents, it's just something they love doing is driving insane distances. I hate it. It's nuts. Um, whatever. I didn't have to do any of the driving. I was like playing my Game Boy or whatever I was mm-hmm. doing in the back. Um, but I remember like we were driving back and we drove through Minneapolis and that particular we were there on a Sunday and that particular day they were playing the Blue Jays, I want to say. I Roger Clemens was pitching, is all I remember, for whoever they were playing against, and I can't tell you who it was that was pitching for the twins, but it was a it was a great pitching matchup. I remember picking up the USA Today that was at the the hotel we were staying at that morning and like seeing that was the pitching matchup and looking at my father and being like Dude, we couldn't delay leaving Minneapolis for a little while to go watch Roger Clemens pitch against and I, Brad Radke. Probably, maybe it might have been Brad Rad, somebody like that, right? Like I, it, this would have been in the mid '90s, so you know, someone of that ilk. So '96, Roger Clemens was in was in Toronto. So if it was before that, it, no, it was probably I think it because I'm pretty sure it was Toronto. Mm-hmm. So that sounds right. I don't know, I, but it was a really good pitching Had to be matchup. Brad Radke. He's and the only I, pitcher they've ever had. And I just look, well, they had Scott Erickson before that. He won <laughs> he 20 right. games once. Pretty good, man. Which is good, but he was he was kind of mediocre every other year oh, around you that. Said, what about Eric Milton? It could have been around that time, too. They had they had a guy who I think is in the Hall of Fame now. I, it, uh, Jack Morris Jack, is there for yeah, sure. Yeah. Blyle Levin was also there for a little yeah. bit. They've had some good pitchers over the years. I assume you were doing shtick there. Yeah, they've it, had some it, really it, good pitchers. It, it was shtick. Um, but... But I'm, I'm. It might have been Eric Milton, and maybe it was a play because he was a Maryland guy, whatever it was. But I was like, dude, come on, what are we doing? Like, let's go to the game. Come on, man. Like, you know, we're in Minneapolis. We're. I've never been to the Metrodome. Like, let's go, let's go over to the the Baggy Dome. Let's watch uh, the pitching. And my father was like, you know what? You make a great point. And tonight's that type of night. Go to the baseball game. You get to see the best pitcher in the National League from a year ago take on the Orioles' best pitcher the last few years. This is the type of night to be at a baseball game. I got to work. I got to do a lacrosse game tonight, so I can't. But if I didn't, it would be absolutely the type of night where I wake up in the morning and say, yeah, tonight's the night to be there. Corbin Burns and John Means, the pitching matchup tonight. Today's show also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel on the FanDuel Sportsbook, where we will be for the first round of the NFL Draft on April 28th. Come join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook. 
You can guarantee your spot, get one of those reclining chairs, or make sure you get a table for all your friends by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com to guarantee your spot for the NFL Draft. Joining us now, we make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox, and we've had a few conversations with this man over the years. He is Mr. Drew Rahm, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Drew, it is Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, not a problem. How are you guys doing? It's been a while. It's been a little while. Well, you know, the last couple of years have been a little we- years have been a little weird, bro. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong about that one. I know. Who am I telling, obviously, but it's been a little weird. Also, I'm, I'm sure you'd rather be talking to us after, like, you know, a, a six-inning dominant start your first time out. I'm sure you're like, man, really? This is when I'm doing the call? Yeah, um, but, I mean, it's baseball to happen, so. No I mean, doubt. Only so much I can control. What, what jumped out at me in your first start of the season is the strikeouts, right? Like, and I think we all know you have great velocity. I think we all know that you can overwhelm dudes. Do you feel like that's, that's your ticket at this point? Like, that your ability to get guys to swing and miss is what's going to continue to elevate you towards the major league level. Honestly, at this point, it's really just trying to find something that works for me. And, like, right now, like, first game of the season, it was a strikeout and it was working. But, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be keeping the big league guys off balance and then just attacking with every pitch I got and just hoping I can get them off balance at least once or twice where they either roll over or they get a nice little strikeout. So... Either way, it's an out and out. So now, you're 100 percent right about that. There's no doubt. Give give me an idea of what it is specifically. Like, do the baseball nerdy thing. You spend this <laughs> off season. What is it that you're maybe trying to work into your repertoire? You're trying to focus on more. Like, as as you continue to develop as a pitcher, what are the things you're like? Man, I'm trying this thing out, seeing how it goes, pitch wise. I mean, of course, velo is always yeah. typically number one because like that's what everyone loves to see. But um, for me, like I just went into being stronger. But for pitch wise, it was probably just working on the changeup because I worked with Means a little bit last year, worked with Wilder a little bit. But then just ultimately just was watching videos and just kind of seeing what worked, what didn't work, and ultimately I just went with uh, Almenga's changeup grip. And I mean, so far it's it's felt pretty comfortable to me, and it's felt like it's been working for me. And I just just need to get more comfortable throwing it anytime, anywhere, and just work on consistency with it. Drew, tell me about that time you spent with John Means. It's a really cool thing. I was, we were just talking about guys, you know, pretty big night in Baltimore tonight because he's pitching against Corbin Burns, and that doesn't suck. Like, that's a good night to spend at a ballpark. <laughs> um, tell me about that time. Like, what did you, you know, were you close with John? Had you approach him? Like, how did that come about that you spent some time with him? Um, so, I mean, he was only there for, like, I think one or two days, but I mean, I was lucky enough to go in the clubhouse at the same time because, like, at that point, like, I was a little nervous to, like, even, like, talk to him because, I mean, he's, he's mean. He's our big league all-star he's, guy. He's pretty so, good, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I was just kind of like that little kid, just nervous to talk to him. But eventually I just asked or got the nuts to ask him about it. And I just asked him about his changeup because, like, that's what I've been starting on. He was the most nice and, like, genuine guy that you could ever talk to. And, like, he helped me out for, like, a good five, ten minutes. Wow. Just kind of talking over, like, kind of what he feels, like, how he throws it and just kind of what he thinks about. Like like a type of grip, that type of stuff? Yeah, that type of grip and, like, kind of how it comes out of his hand and all that stuff, so. Wow, man, that's really cool, right? Like, that's yeah. a, that's a, re- yeah. that's not a bad person to be able to spend a day 
<laughs> yeah, no, I was I was so happy about it. And it, like honestly, I went back and told my family after that, like, hey, John means talking to me for like five minutes. And I felt like the coolest guy ever that that day. So. Do you have to like? Do you worry about just how much of a fanboy you come off as at all, Drew? Like, are you part of you that's like, no, wait, 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 wait? I'm supposed to be here. I'm a top twenty uh, prospect <laughs> in this organization. Like, I don't want to come off as too much of a fanboy when somebody like this is around. I mean, not really. Like, I mean, they were in our situation at one point, so I mean, I think they understand that that part of it and kind of understand what it means to a bunch of the guys down there. So, I mean, especially like high A when they're kind of just now starting out and didn't really haven't really gotten like around the organization that much yeah. but i think now it's it's getting a little easier to talk to some of those guys especially when they're ever at like big league camp or at minor league camp and all that stuff and like they just got sent down it's like wellsy and like Bradish and all those guys so talking to them has just been a lot easier and a lot more like personable it's cool that's really cool. Drew Rahm with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. The Bowie Bay Sox return home next Tuesday night to open up a series with Akron. It's Military Appreciation Night on Tuesday. And then Woof Wednesday is coming up next Wednesday where you can bring your dog to the ballpark. There is, It's one of my favorite promotions in all of baseball, being able to bring the dogs out of the park next Wednesday for the game against Akron. You can find out more by going to BaySox.com. Drew, you know, we talk about some of the pitchers that are in this system. I'm I'm sure you guys hear about it, right? There's this thought nationally that, like, hey, the Orioles have the bats in their system, but I'm not sure if they have enough pitching as they try to do this rebuild, right? When you hear yeah. something like that, what is your reaction to it? I mean, it's it's more so that we just kind of get overlooked just because of, of the type of bats that we have in the system and, like, how they're all basically first-rounders and everything like that. Right. But, I mean, I think – a lot of our guys are very underrated and a lot of like the prospect rankings or just like nationally like being known. But I mean, I think we're going to surprise a lot of guys just based on what we do and how we get out and just kind of what our numbers are at the end of the year. Have you used that at all to put kind of like a chip on your shoulder? Do you guys, you know, like make it like sort of bulletin board material to, to try to inspire you? Um, I think everyone just kind of has it in their mind, like, Hey, we're going to go out show these guys that, they're kind of dumb. They don't know what they're missing and just kind of go out and prove to, to ourselves and to them that we're better than everyone thinks that we are. And it does kind of like light the fire in ourselves too, just to go out and be the best we can. The results for you a year ago, you know, we, refer- we referenced the first start wasn't, you know, obviously your best, but the results a year ago were outstanding. Was there something that you did differently or is this just, Hey man, this is what I expected it to be as I continue to progress and 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 you almost like not want to jinx it in an off season, not want to spend too much time doing something different when you have as exceptional a year as you had between the two levels a year ago. I mean, early on we just worked a lot mechanically, and that's kind of I think what led to that success was getting my mechanics down and finding that consistency and going out there every day and just getting better every day on the tiny little details. Now that we were kind of perfecting the issue I had with ultimately me as a pitcher was my mechanics and my inconsistencies and I think that just really catapulted me into having that type of year and I'm really trying to build on that success this year first outing wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be but there were some good things some bad things I could take away and learn from but ultimately just kind of keep on the same course is, is it a muscle memory thing at all? Is that is that what it is? Like, Drew, just doing the same thing consistently, repetitively, over and Like, I'll make a comparison. I'm a terrible golfer, right? Like, I'm a terrible golfer. <laughs> you and me both. Bro, yeah. I, when I step up, like, I have no idea what my body is about to do when I swing that club backwards. Like, it could be anywhere. I can't. And then I'll hit the greatest swing I've ever hit in my life, 
And then the next one, I'll literally miss the ball the next time I swing. I'm so bad at it because I can't get myself to just do something the same way over and over again. Is is it that simple when you talk about the mechanics? Um, I would say simple, but like when it comes down, like kind of like the that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it is really that simple. It is muscle memory, but it's repeating that delivery over and over right. for 80, 90 pitches a game. And right. Yeah. Dude, I, I mean, would... at that point, it's just, it is muscle memory, and it's going to take a lot to keep progressing and keep that consistent. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I would never be able to be a high-level pitcher like you are, but, like, one of them would be by, like, the third inning, I'd be bored. I'd be like, I just want to do something else. Maybe I'll underhand toss this one up there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, it really is taxing to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, especially, you know, obviously, when, when you don't know what the results are any particular given night. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of like the competitive nature of at least myself, and I think a lot of pitchers in this league is they just want to keep getting better and better, like pitch by pitch, not game by game, and kind of seeing their stuff versus the hitter stuff and see who's better, and ultimately just go out there and compete and just try to beat the guy on the other side of the field. You uh, you mentioned your uh, so uh, do you, do you even attempt or I, like I'm so bad at golf that I just gave it up altogether. Do you even <laughs> do you even attempt like do you still play at all in the off season or are you like the same way? No, dude? yeah, no, okay. I go, I go probably every Monday during the season since that's our off days, yeah. and then maybe for like nine or something like that in the morning if we ever have time. But I mean, in spring training, I was golfing probably two, three times a week. Okay, then you can't be that bad of a golfer. Like you might not be uh, as good as other dudes, but there's no way if you're playing every week, there's no way you put yourself through that type of hell if you're that bad of a golfer. No, I shoot like a little bit below 100. Like I haven't shot over 100, I think, since last year. Okay, dude. Yeah, you're I'll fine. Take. Yeah, it's so funny to me when people make make fun of um, somebody who's having a tough. Like I was watching the Masters this weekend, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's just having a terrible round." I'm like, I would kill. I would kill. Like, imagine shooting an 87. It'd be the greatest day of my life. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good day for me. Right. I think the lowest I ever shot was like an 85, and I was just that's all impressive. Luck. That's impressive, man. Shooting 85 is a big deal, bro. Like, that's impressive, man. Hey, um, I remind me, are you, I know because you're a, you're a Kentucky-Cincinnati kid. Are you a big Bengals fan? Remind me. Um, So, I'm a Burrow fan. Uh, I mean... Dude, it's yeah. even for us, right? Like we were having this. Paul and I had this conversation a ton. It's tough because he's going to be kicking our asses for some time to come. But Jesus, he's just so likable. Like he's just yeah, so no, insanely I mean, likable. He's just—he's uh, also like the best guy. Like you could ask for as a Bengals quarterback. He's like everyone loves him. I mean, no one really hates him, and I think it's just hard to hate him. Well, like, I mean, every time he goes out and does what he does, and he's just a good dude overall. Yep, all of it. He's a great dude. He's so freaking fun to watch play the game. And I, like, I know that again. There's going to be more Ravens Bengals games in the coming years, and we're going to have no choice but to hate him. But like, we couldn't even root against him in the Super Bowl. Like, we're just like, we, no, like, no. I think every, I think everyone just wanted the Bengals to win just because it was the Chargers or the. I know definitely in the Chiefs game, everyone was rooting for the Bengals. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, we've seen enough of Patrick Mahomes. We're good, right? Like, let's yeah. see something else this time. I just hope that he somehow gets out of the division so I don't have to love him from inside of a closet. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like, it's going to be <laughs> tough for years to come because that dude is so good. It's going to be it's going to be brutally difficult. So if you weren't a big Bengals fan, then who were you rooting for growing up? Uh, I was, so, rooting up, I was 
I grew up in New York just originally, so I, I grew up kind of a Giants fan. Okay, all right. And then when I moved to Cincy, I was a Bengals fan, and then after like three or four years of just getting repeatedly let down, yeah, it I was, was like, tough. yeah, it was I, I, I don't have a team anymore, and then got drafted <laughs> by the Orioles, and yeah. now I'm a Ravens fan. So. I love that. We love to hear That's what we love to hear. <laughs> we love to hear it. Uh, do you, uh, do you maybe, when you say they, you saw they move the wall back at Camden Yards on the other side, you think to yourself, hey, like, could you do something for the lefties too? Like, could you help I mean, us out a little bit? That's a pretty big wall there. I don't know if they can do that one out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no way they could end up making it any higher for sure. There's no chance they could do something like that. All right, Drew Rom, what can we plug for you, man? Social media, Twitter, Instagram, where can Orioles fans be giving you a follow? I mean, Twitter, Instagram, and it's pretty much the same thing. Drew Ten Rama on Instagram and Drew underscore Rom Ten on Twitter. Very cool. Give him a follow there, Drew Rom. Again, as I mentioned, the Bay Sox are going to be home again next week, starting Tuesday night for six games against Akron. You can make sure you get your tickets. BaySox.com and Woof Wednesday. Also, there's a mystery bobblehead giveaway next Friday, the 22nd. Fireworks night next Saturday and a halfway to Halloween celebration as well. Again, BaySox.com to get your tickets. Drew, it's always great to catch up with you, man. Uh, May that incredible success you felt a year ago continue to uh, move you forward. And may we be chatting with you again soon as you are getting ready to make your debut up here in Baltimore. Thanks for taking the time for us. Uh, Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Drew Rahm, Bowie Bay Sox. Great dude. Always appreciate him taking the time. He had a really good year a year ago. Tremendous year. He was 11-1 between Aberdeen and Bowie with a 3.18 ERA and a 1.12 whip. 120 strikeouts in 107 innings. Outstanding season for Drew Rahm a year ago. First start this year, tough. Now, again, you know, it's one start. Three innings allowed, three earned runs. I mean, it it wasn't... He got his ass kicked, but it's not a great first start. One start. He was so good a year ago that as we talk about the guys, where's the rest of the pitching going to come from? He's a name we've talked about a lot, particularly because of his velocity, right? And he referenced Mm -hmm. that, right? Because of his velocity, we've always been intrigued by Drew Rahm. But you'll oftentimes hear it be said like, yeah, but he's probably more of a bullpen arm at the major league level, right? And he's going to go a long way to sort of deciding if that's, you know, he's going to be able to determine if that's the case or not. And as we figure out if this is going to work and if there are enough arms in order to make this thing work, I think Drew Rahm is the type of guy that can change that story. The talent is there. He is, mm-hmm. he is a talented arm. Can he translate that into starting success as a starter at the major league level? I mean, Mike Bauman has a very talented arm, obviously. Right. But you know, hasn't been able to make that, turn that into being a starter at the major league level. There's a big difference between having a talented arm and being a major league caliber starter. Those right. are two very different things. And there's nothing wrong with going to the bullpen. You need you need bullpen thousand, arms too. Thousand percent. But, but you need starting pitching. And and in terms of this thing working for the Orioles, yes. I think the biggest thing that that you know, will there be enough starting pitching mm-hmm. in order for that to be the case? Will they have enough in order to be able to put together a championship caliber rotation? And finding someone else whose name isn't Grayson Rodriguez, and again, we're making a lot of assumptions about Grayson Rodriguez. There's right. no guarantee that he's going to pan out the way we discuss him, but there's there is reason to believe he can. Maybe DL. There's so many, still so many questions because there's so much talent, but you know, 
there's just enough questions with D.L. Hall that we, when we say it, we have to say maybe. You know, the Kyle Bradishes, the Drew Roms of the world, that's probably going to be what ends up making that difference. Is there enough starting pitching or not? Well, who of this group is going to prove it? Well, and this year is going to go a long way towards, towards proving that. A thousand percent. And a having a better it, feel for what you need to do once you feel like you're on the cusp of this rebuild coming together. Yeah, because you, you should see three, if not all four of those guys at some point this year. Drew Ron is probably yeah, that, uh, the, the exception. Well, but you know, like he, maybe. You know, he's he's a, a buoy. Correct. Yeah. He's a buoy. So like maybe by the end of the year, yeah. they bring him up. They, they you know Who knows? We'll see. All right, today's show also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it on Monday night, Stand the Fan and Ross Grimsley had a great chat with Orioles legend Kenny Singleton. You can find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash video. I've got Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios posted on Facebook. I'm going to get them up on Twitter right now. When we come back in, we're going to talk some NFL draft. Another player that's intriguing for the Baltimore Ravens, Michigan linebacker Joshua Ross. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about Mike McDonald, doesn't he? We're going to chat with him next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, O's families, break out your orange and black for kids' opening day on April 17th when the O's take on the New York Yankees. Be one of the first 7,500 fans 14 and under to receive an Orioles pop-it toy. And after the game, kids are invited to take to the field and run the bases like the pros, all presented by Wise Markets. Plus, experience a family fun day at the yard with caricatures, the Easter Bunny, and more. Celebrate the 30th anniversary of Camden Yards with kids' opening day. Buy now at Orioles.com kids. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. 
Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley. And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right. We continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're not playing underdog, you're a crazy person. There's so much happening there. You can't bet on your phone or your computer yet here in the state of Maryland, but you know what you can do? You can play underdog fantasy football, player props, parlays, things like that to make you feel like you're betting, plus the daily and weekly traditional fantasy games. Use the code PRESSBOX when you make your first deposit up to $100, and we will match it with free money for you to play with. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog app in order to get started playing Underdog Fantasy Football. All right, we continue here on a Wednesday edition of the program. A few people that are checking in and telling me that they're going to the game, and I love that. I love that. It is absolutely the type of night where you should be at the baseball game, man. Corbin Burns, John Means. That's the jam. That's what you're looking for. That's the good stuff, if you will. So I appreciate those of you that are checking in and letting us know that you are headed down to the ballpark tonight to check out a great pitching matchup uh, at Camden Yards. What do we need? We need a couple minutes. We. Uh, he asked if you can record after 12 because he's just going into training. Well, then we'll have to figure out a way to make that work. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we, we uh, improvise and adapt, as Bob Haney likes to say. We'll improvise and adapt. Sorry, Joshua Ross, not available this morning, apparently. He was very apologetic. Well, that's very nice of him. We always give everybody uh, two chances. That's always the way that it works around here. Um, sure, I'll tell him, we'll call him at like 1240 or something like that. Okay. And we'll make that work. Okay. All right, so switch gears then and try something else. Um you know what? I will share with you that the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios are now up on Facebook and Twitter. Three scenarios as always. Number one, would you rather the Ravens use their first two picks on Georgia defensive lineman Jordan Davis and injured Michigan edge David Ajabo, or they use those two picks and a fourth to trade for DK Metcalf? Number two, a new sports franchise comes to the area. Would you rather it be the return of the Baltimore Thunder, the indoor lacrosse team, to the newly renovated Baltimore Arena, or the soon-to-be-renovated Baltimore Arena, or the Frederick Keys decide that they're going to instead become the permanent home of the Savannah Bananas opponent known as the Party Animals. And if you're not familiar with the Savannah Bananas, I have included a video of what they do. They're essentially the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. And their opponent is the Party Animals. That's their version of the Washington Generals. They have, uh, and I and I wish I had picked the the right video. They have um, added into their act this year flaming bats, the old Savannah Bananas. It's outstanding. So that's number two. And number three, would you rather you have to bet everything you have, everything, every penny that you're worth, on Scotty Scheffler winning? Five more major titles in his career. It's a lot. Very few players have ever won six. 
or on Tiger Woods winning one. Those are the scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll get back to them here in a bit when Drew Forrester checks in. You want to see if Forrester can go a little early? You want to just yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just give I'll him a buzz, see if that uh, we can move some things around that way. Do you want me to call him or do you want me to text him? Whatever. Just, you know, you, 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 be, you be Mr. Producer Man. Fair all enough. All right? You go about doing that, and I'll be, I'll be, you be, you be over there, I'll be over here, and you, you get that, you get on that, I'll get on this. That's the way that it'll go. All right. Um, there were two things that I wanted to get to from Dave. Dave says, uh, Glenn, did you happen to watch any of the basketball last night? What do you think about the Minnesota Timberwolves whooping it up the way they did uh, over winning a play-in game? So I wasn't watching for what it's worth. I did put in, um, if you saw on uh, Live Casino and Hotel's social media accounts yesterday, I did put in a bet on the Nets, Timberwolves, Hawks, and I believe the fourth one, I think I put in the, I think I put went ahead and put the, the Clippers in anyway. I think it was all chalk except for the Hawks. I think that was the only one. Yeah, those are the four. So, you know, bully. I saw that people were making fun of them for celebrating like they won a championship. Apparently, it's a, it has a lot to do with Patrick Beverly, who, of course, used to play for the Clippers. And Patrick Beverly was kind of running his mouth and getting everybody fired up. I don't really care. I've seen some embarrassing things over the years. Like, it was embarrassing. I, I swear to God, I wish I could remember the circumstances. There was a preseason game in which a former Ravens assistant, like, had come from whatever team they were playing against. And I'm so sorry that I can't remember who it was. It might have been Steve Spagnolo. It might have been Al. Somebody was on the Ravens staff, and they played in the preseason against the team that they had been maybe the head coach for previously. The Ravens won a preseason game, and I swear to Christ, gave a Gatorade bath to Somebody remembers the story. He's going to tell me who it was. Gave a Gatorade bath to the coach that had come from that team. It was a preseason football game. Yeah, it was that's a, a bit much. No it was a top 10 embarrassing thing I've seen. I also don't care because you can't get me to care about anything related to preseason football. But in terms of like, really, are we really doing this? It was embarrassing. This is a playoff game. Like, let's be clear about that. This is a playoff game. The play-in tournament, they're very, they try to decipher and say, well, this isn't really the NBA playoffs. This is a, it's a different thing altogether. Unlike those playing games in the NCAA tournament, where they refer to them very specifically as being part of the NCAA tournament. The NBA goes to painful measures to make it clear this is not the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs are what starts on Saturday. This is the play-in tournament. That's a different thing. Fine. And that probably has something to do with what you have to pay out the players. Do they they, print shirts? I don't think you put on like a play-in tournament champion t-shirt afterwards and have the... I've said before I think there are way too many um, champagne celebrations in locker rooms during the, the baseball playoffs anymore because there's just too many baseball playoffs. that like You shouldn't have a, anything other than clinching your division and winning the American League, I don't think, is, or your league or the World Series is worthy of the full-on champagne celebration. I think it's a little... It's, I think it's particularly embarrassing when they were doing the play-in games that you were... You were like, you could have a scenario you would clinch your spot in the playing game on Sunday, did a champagne celebration for that, 
played a playing game on Tuesday, did a champagne celebration for that, and then had to play in the playoffs on Thursday where you could promptly get swept out in three games. Like, I, it was way over the top. And now, particularly with so many teams making the playoffs, it's it's ridiculous. we got to come up with a, a secondary way of celebrating. I know it's a long season. I understand that's what people say all the time, is what you're really f- reflecting on is the length of the season and how many games you have to play and how arduous it is to end up being a good team and getting in. But celebrating being the seventh best team in the American League and dousing champagne and beer all over yourselves because you're the seventh of you're you're the the middle of the pack in the league not worthy of it i like we at some point have to get a hold of ourselves with the things that we're, we're willing to celebrate with like that in 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 other sports this just doesn't happen you want to celebrate on the field you want to high five you want to you know have a moment that's great but like it's way over the top when you cl- when you clinch just getting in in baseball by the skin of your teeth on the last day to be the seventh best team in the league, and you're doing a full-on champagne bath because of it. That's just way over the top. A handshake, a pie to the face, and everybody go get a steak dinner. It's something, whatever it is that you want to do, it's got to be. We've got to figure out a way to have an in-between. I remember there was um, when I was in when I was in Arizona covering the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. They the year they ended up um, making the NLCS 07, so they lost to the Rockies in the NLCS. They got swept. Um, that year, they clinched a playoff spot and did the whole champagne bath. And then before they played another game, whoever it was that needed to lose had lost, and so they had clinched winning the NL West. Mm-hmm. They already done the champagne bath. Like, they weren't going to do another one. And so Tony Clark was on that uh, Diamondbacks team, and it was apparently his idea to get everybody together to do a toast. Like a pregame toast was what they did. They put on their NL West champion T-shirts, and they all got together before the game they were playing that night, and they had a pregame toast, and the cameras were in there for it. And I was like, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. There should be more teams that instead of doing the champagne bath for their accomplishment, they just get together, they acknowledge each other, they say, hey, you know what? This is something. We've accomplished something. Let's have a toast, right? And I think the team that gets the seventh spot in the playoffs should maybe be the team that's inclined to give a toast. Mm-hmm. Don't need to go with a full-on champagne bath route. We ain't done nothing yet. Y- you win your first playoff series to get in to the – now I'm trying to do the math on this. Now you just be getting into the division, division series. series. A toast is appropriate. I would say a toast is still most appropriate for the division series. I think that a, that a winning the division and winning a playoff series deserves a champagne celebration. How many games is the series now in the first? Three. You're you're really giving a champagne bath for winning a three-game series. You advance to the next all, round. But all it gets you is into the final eight in baseball? We talk about the Elite Eight. Yeah, we we don't really do, we don't use the elite eight as being more of a de- like it's the sweet sixteen and then the final four that are the bigger demarcations because it's getting to the next weekend is the way that we describe it. Mm-hmm. Like all you're doing is, I don't I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna strongly disagree. I would maybe listen to the argument that winning the division series is enough. Like maybe, but I always thought that was a bit much. Oh, none of this has to do with the the Timberwolves thing from last night. I I I I didn't watch it live. I just saw it on social media. And I saw the reactions to it. And yes, it seemed a bit over the top for winning a play-in game to be, this, as I, we point out, the seventh seed in the West. 
it did seem a bit over the top. But I don't I don't really have a problem with being happy. With I think Patrick Beverly said afterwards, it's been a tough few years. It's been a long time since the Timberwolves were relevant. They won a game at home in front of their fans. Experience a little joy. Celebrate it. I got no real issue with particularly celebrating with your fans. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that maybe rubs me the wrong way about the champagne baths, like you're you in somebody else's you clubhouse. Didn't, you didn't really do anything. <laughs> and yeah, you're in somebody else's clubhouse. It's not like I don't know, it just doesn't come off but if you're at home and you get the opportunity to replicate, like, you know, we all think about that night in 2014 when the Orioles clinched the AL East. You've mm-hmm. got that opportunity to run around with your fans and have those moments. Like, that's, that's that was awesome. awesome. Now, again, they also clinched the division last night, so I'm always going to be I'm, – I'm completely okay with you doing the champagne bad thing for over winning the division. That's an accomplishment. That's really doing something in a long baseball season. But you're at home, I, you know. I'm I'm cool with that. Honestly, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with enjoying it and celebrating with your fans. And it's sort of a way of thanking them for their support. And they'll be out for the home games in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, you're probably not going to win that series. If I had to I'd bet a fair amount of money on that, um, I don't know. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. It, did it look over the top? Yes, it looked over the top. And it, Patrick Beverly, in particular, is getting roasted on on social media and on the internet today for acting like you know he had just won the NBA championship last night when they won the seventh spot in the Western Conference. But I don't know, man. Like I, I'm okay with celebrating with your fans. Like celebrating at home, a cool moment. And I think in particular, it'd be like one thing if the Lakers had won the playing mm-hmm. game and like they were celebrating that way. Like, dude, like, what are we doing? But it's a franchise that hasn't experienced a ton of joy. Like, there hasn't been a lot of good that's happened with the Minnesota Timberwolves in a long time. So, like, yeah, the hell with it. Enjoy it. Whoop it up a little bit. Celebrate. Uh, the Phoenix Suns had a miserable 15 years. And then they got down to the bubble. By the way, when the bubble happened, they didn't. They won every game that they played in the bubble. And that was the first sign that, like, oh, God, the Suns might be becoming something. And that was why Chris Paul signed, decided he wanted to go there. Like, the bubble changed everything. If that had been an opportunity, like, if I had been living in Phoenix and they had been playing like that, and I might have been inclined to want to celebrate that, too. Because it had been a miserable experience being a Phoenix Suns fan for 15 years. And it's part of what came out that night in 2014 for us as Orioles fans. I know they had made the playoffs two years earlier, but it was also a reflection of how miserable things had been for a decade and a half. That we were just experiencing some sort of release of anything, anything at all, to give us a release. And so, you know, fans have been through a lot. Let them celebrate. Settle down. Good is your life that you're complaining about somebody else being happy. God, man. Spent way more time talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves than I intended to. And then one more uh, from Jeff. Jeff says, Glenn, have you heard anything at all about Melvin Gordon? I feel like that just kind of died. Um, I haven't, for what it's worth. Jeff, I haven't heard anything else related to Melvin Gordon, and I, I do think that it's just kind of died. Um, I don't know what Melvin Gordon's looking for. 
There's there's a few things that could be in play, right? It could be in play that Melvin Gordon still thinks that he's Melvin Gordon and he's worth like real money, and the Ravens are saying more like, no, but if you want to come here on the cheap, if you just want to be in a place where we're going to run the ball a ton and you know you can have fun, then come here. But if you still expect that you're getting paid actual money, that's just not happening. Uh, we're not going to do that for a third running back on the roster. Someone would say, hey, that's a risk that you're taking. You run the risk of instead being left with what you ended up having a year ago if you get to a point where you need your third running back. And you'd like to hope that Lightning cannot strike twice and that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards will stay healthy this year and that won't be something that you need. Um, you know, there's a million things. It could also be that they didn't like something they saw when he was in physically. They just sort of said, no, you know, you're not going to be the guy that we're going to rely on. Um, it could also very well be that at some point they just kind of assume, hey, we'll let this thing play out the way it plays out, and we'll get back to you after the draft. If there's a back that we like in the draft, we'll we'll use that pick there, and then we're less inclined to spend money on Melvin Gordon. Like there could be any number of things that play out that way. I'm I'm certainly not sweating it. I get it. We've heard of Melvin Gordon, so it's intriguing to us, but. We are talking about a third running back at this point, with the only caveat of being we just don't know exactly where Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are health-wise. I think we saw a video of J.K. Dobbins recently that made it look like he was in pretty good shape. Um, so I, I can understand the argument that like maybe there's a little concern and you just like to have a better insurance policy to start the season. Um, but I'm not in a place where like if Melvin Gordon is, is looking for any amount of money, like actual money, yeah, I'm, I'm good. He was... Pretty damn good last year. I can't imagine he'd be willing to sign on the cheap. I mean, who else is signing him? Like, just because you were good, you're sitting here on April 13th and nobody wants you. Now, somebody could say the same thing about Tyron Matthew, but I think we know the story there. Like, teams want him. They just don't want to pay him Marcus Williams types of type of right. money in order to get him. But he's sitting here on April 13th. You can say he was pretty good. It's He's pretty good and he's a veteran running back, and that's not a. It's never a good market to be in. Um, Latavius Murray was pretty good for a long time mm-hmm. and then was jobless before the season began. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird spot. I could absolutely see a scenario where it's just a, dude, we like you, but we don't like you for money. Right. We don't like you for any actual dollar amount. And then if you're Melvin Gordon, you say to yourself, well, somebody's going to end up having a running back get hurt. So if my choices are I sign here for nothing or I hold out and when minicamps start, we find out that some other team's running back gets hurt. I'm the best guy that's available. I'd rather be in that position to actually get some real money this season than to just take your pennies. Like I, I'm, I'm hypothetic. I'm spitballing about all of this because I don't know. I haven't done any reporting related to Melvin Gordon. I, I'll tell you the one team that comes to mind that needs a running back, in my humble opinion, your humble opinion is the Atlanta Falcons. I, I, I'm not a big Mike Davis guy. No, Cordero Patterson was the guy. Yeah, but he's a. No, he was he's, a pretty effective running back, he, man. Yeah, like he was but, a really effective running back. Yeah, but I mean, he's been in the league for like 15 years. But I also don't like. know what the if you're the Falcons, what exactly are you trying to do there? Like it's yeah. a it's a weird spot to be in. I don't know. I I presume the Falcons are going to use an early pick on a quarterback and mm-hmm. and I guess if Melvin Gordon wants to win, he's not just worried about a big paycheck. But you never know. No, I don't know. It's a starting I gig. Know. I, don't know. I think. All right, when we come back in, uh, Drew Forrester is going to join us. We're going to play Would You Rather Wednesday. That's on the way. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. So Derek Carr's got a new deal with the Raiders. It's three years, $121 million to stick around. And, you know, inevitably, whenever any quarterback signs a contract, the Twitter response from Ravens fans is, well, if Derek Carr is getting paid this amount, then what is Lamar Jackson worth? I and, and this goes back, I, you know, we keep doing this. We keep, apparently John Harbaugh was on with Rich Eisen, and that led to a, a whole discussion from um, Mike Florio about this story. 
and and you still get this sort of echo chamber of well he's just watching the numbers go up and 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 this is why it's smart for him to bet on himself. You guys can't make the secondary part of that make sense. You keep trying to, but you can't make it make sense. This idea that he's betting on himself. Like, that's not a... We're, we're, we're talking like this is 2012. Or that, like, he's Derek Carr. The man has all the leverage. He's just choosing not to use it. And in the process, taking less money to play football this season. Which, again, is, is his right, as I've said a billion times. And he has every right. Lamar Jackson can do whatever he wants to do in terms of taking money or not taking money. He has no obligation to use the leverage that he has if he doesn't want to. But you can't make it make sense. No matter what amount of mental gymnastics or twisting you try to do in order to make it seem like it's logical for Lamar Jackson to continue passing on making money, you can't make it make sense. It's as simple as that. But Derek Carr, who, look, you know, performed well a year ago. There's no getting around that. And there was a point at which there was an argument for Derek Carr in the MVP conversation a year ago, and it's just something that we maybe struggle with because we're used to Derek Carr just not being that good. But Derek Carr was good a year ago. This is the rate for quarterbacks. Derek Carr is making $40-plus million a year. He's got Devontae Adams now, too, so he might... Be in line to have a huge season this year. That's the way. That's the price of doing business. That's the cost. Do you think he gets paid if they don't get Devontae Adams? Uh, yeah, the way he played a year ago, he was getting paid. He was getting paid. This, but this again goes back to the quarterback market. It's this or what? The, I, I keep trying to explain. The quarterbacks have the entirety of the leverage, every ounce of it. Because the risk is that instead you've got Marcus Mariota or you've got Drew Locke or you've got Jameis Winston or you're fishing for a quarterback in the draft and desperately hoping that a Malik Willis or a Desmond Ritter or a Kenny Pickett ends up being worth it. The the quarterback has the entirety, entirety of the leverage. And it's just up to them and how much they want to use it and how much they want to acknowledge the fact that they have all of the leverage and how far they want to go with it. Because we have still not seen a team. And you keep trying to hold up the Washington with Kirk Cousins as being the example of this. Washington had good reason to think that maybe Kirk Cousins was not a player that was worth that amount of money, but that's badly backfired on them. There has not been a team that has bucked the trend and proven that it is wise to not pay the quarterback whatever it is they're looking for and go fishing again. You don't have a single example of that. Even the one team that did it has sucked since that point. The best thing they had going for them was Kirk Cousins, who's not even one of these quarterbacks. But they haven't been able to replace him. 
No one has successfully done this and shown it to be an option, which isn't to say that someone couldn't in the future, but until that point, the quarterbacks maintain all of the leverage. All right, I have no idea what's going on with Forrester. Could not tell you. Uh, it's maybe a... Oh, is he is he there? Oh, well, you should have told me that. I thought you were struggling to get him on the phone. No, I, th- I thought you knew. Oh, God. All right, what's going on with you? How are you, pal? That was a great five minutes. My there. my God, my God! What's I mean, up you're still you? you're arguing about Lamar Jackson, and the Orioles failed to bunt the runner over last I, night you, with you, nobody on you, in, the co- in the bottom of the ninth inning. When any moron would have bunted the guy what? over from uh, second stop, to third. Stop. What? Wait, Not wait, with wait, Ryan wait. Mountcastle. Yeah. What? Wait, wait, wait. wait no, wait, I don't wait, care wait. who it is. Wait a second. I couldn't care less who it is. Wait a second. You bunt the guy over from second to third. End of the story. Casey Stengel would have done it that way. Earl Weaver would have done it that way. I don't know that Earl Weaver would have done it. That wasn't really Every his style. Every great Oriole manager would have done it that way. <laughs> he just lopped one. This guy is well. starting to get on my nerves. Uh, you and you and uh, Paul was screaming for him to be fired the other day. I wasn't screaming for him to be fired. I'm not screaming for him to be fired, but you bunt the runner over there, get him to third base. They already had a catastrophe in the eighth inning. But bump the guy over, get get a run in, tie the game, and then we'll take our chances in that that fiasco of a tenth inning. So funny! This, come on, man! You guys are so worked up. You guys uh, are so worked up. Let, let me give some context here. I wasn't. You, calling, you don't need to give any context. I wasn't. I wasn't calling for Brandon to, to be fired. I was just saying he won't be here next right. year, and Carlos Beltran right. will be. Um, I have no idea if Ryan Mountcastle can lay down a bunt or not. But if well, you, if he can't lay down a bunt, then he should go to Norfolk. He can hit a walk-off two-run homer, though. He didn't, but he yeah, could. Yeah, 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 he could. What did he do? What did he do, Jack? What did Trey Mancini do after that? Bunt the guy over from second to third. Yeah, bunt it, the guy over. It wouldn't, I don't care who's at the plate. Bunt the guy over from well, second no, to third. No, but Paul's point is, well, take, if, if you bunt him over to third and Trey Mancini strikes out, you're in the exact same situation that you were in before. Bunt, like, the bar, bunt the guy over to third base and tell Mancini hit us a fly ball. So funny. Come on, man. I thought it was funny that they 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 not so intentionally but clearly intentionally walked Austin Hayes. Like they were afraid of facing Austin Hayes <laughs> at the end of the game and said, we'll take our chances on Ramon Urias. Like I'm not sure if you're here. You've got Josh Hader. I'm pretty sure you're going to be yeah, okay. Austin Hayes can hit a fastball like nobody's uh, business. Uh, this she, guy's getting on my nerves. He can. Who's getting on your nerves? Who? Specifically, well, we, we need everyone we can get. <laughs> you guys, you guys, this is adorable. You guys pretending like the baseball games matter is so fun for me. <laughs> like you've just well, we up, like the team. Yeah, sure, that's what it is. You picked up where you left off with Maryland basketball, and like nobody cared about Maryland basketball, and you were the guy caring about the games. <laughs> You're just going to continue that. You, you keep pretending like these games matter. True, which I, is I'll watch. Adorable. You, it's adorable. Unreal. You're off. Awesome. Bases low. Four for four. The four for forty-seven are voters in scoring position. I could get one hit. What? No, you couldn't. Uh, this is like <laughs> you thinking that you could make the Billy Cundiff kick. Yeah. kick. You couldn't yeah. do. It. What? what? Uh, Why? They're four for forty-seven. You're pretending like you're surprised that the team isn't good. They're not good. Like I got spoiler alert. This is what happens to bad baseball teams. Four for forty-seven. Yes. I mean, that's that's amateur hour. What's going on with you? What's going on with you? I, Drew and I hung out in the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook the other day. Oh, well, this is way better than talking about Lamar for the 29th straight day. Oh, I'm not I'm not really interested in that. But they, but they, okay, Derek Carr got $41 million a year this morning to play football. And so whenever something like that happens, everybody's Yeah, I mean, saying, I can't figure that out either. Because it's but this is exactly what I'm talking about. The quarterbacks have all the leverage. They have all of it. and it's Even the bad ones. 
Come on, man. Derek Carr's not a you're, – now you're going yeah, to he's not a he's, he's not. not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. I mean, quarterback. I would take him. He, he, he's not a bad quarterback, yes. but he's not – he shouldn't be getting $41 million a year. But then yeah, none of them should be getting $41 if, million if, a year. By the way, if Kirk Cousins is getting $35 million a year, then hell – yeah. Well, he Derek, shouldn't be getting 35 But that's the point. Like, you, So we just keep doing this. This is what we keep doing. Like, the quarterbacks have all – this bit where we're pretending like Lamar's being smart and betting on himself, it, we can't – we can only keep going with that for so long. What until happened we to the, the good old days of collusion? Right, yeah. Everybody working together to make sure none of the Where players. Where you guys just all paid. make seven hundred and fifty grand and be yeah, happy, with right? It. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we get back to that? The CFL. It impacts you the, in some way. The, co- the, the colluded football the colluded league. Football league, where nobody's allowed to get paid. Just be happy that well, you we, have a job. We have one owner who was clearly doctor in the book. Oh my well, god! I, so I mean, so if funny. he doesn't get kicked out of the league now, I mean, from all the other. The, yeah, but, the but why, honest, okay, you say that. Why now? Why would well, this I mean. be the thing? Because, okay, here's why. And I'm, when I say what I'm about to say, this is, I am not diminishing in any way any of these other atrocities. The, taking the pictures of the cheerleaders thing, no problem. Didn't, uh, didn't affect any of the other owners. Harassment in the workplace, okay. Didn't really affect any of the other teams. All the other crazy stuff they've done didn't really affect the other teams. But when they start fooling around with the revenue of the tickets and you're now underreporting the amount of money that you're bringing in now you're costing other teams money okay. now now everyone should be interested okay. not that they not that they weren't before but th- that other stuff and I'm not minimizing this ever there's there's probably a story or two like that in every sports organization in the country right I someone mean, somewhere Someone somewhere in Baltimore, Milwaukee, St. Louis, San Diego, Texas, they can all come up with some kind of story about workplace this, workplace that. It's not good, but it happens everywhere. The team doctoring the books doesn't happen everywhere. We don't think. <laughs> I was going to say, you say that. I'm not sure I know that. I mean, correct. But this is like, this is, this is the scandal of all scandals. And I, and I think they've been wanting this guy out for a long time. So now this has got to be the bro, I, this I, has got to be the final. Straw. I hear you saying that. Man. It has I, to be. I hear you saying that. If they wanted him out, why wouldn't he just be out? Like I'm not. Well, it's not that easy. You keep. Why wouldn't I know. it be? It, it, it isn't. It isn't that easy. When, but I hear you. When they wanted Jerry Richardson out, it did not take very long for them to get him out. Right. The, so so that would lead you to think, right, that there's some uh, that somewhere. Somewhere, way buried in the back of some file cabinet somewhere, Snyder is able to stand up at a league meeting, and when the owners say, Hey, Dan, we got bad news yep. for you. We took a vote, yep. and it came out 28-3, to three, and you're, well, it came out 28-4, to four, and you're one of the four. You're going to have to go. Snyder stands up and goes, I think that's a really good idea. Yep, now. Let me let me yep. let me first remind you guys of this story. Yep. Oh, uh, this is not. I had somebody who. So I, I think that that's got to be. I, if there's any explanation for for why they haven't jettisoned this guy so far, he's got to have something somewhere. So it's it's so funny. I have someone in my life who is very smart, but would have no actual that I know of actual knowledge of this this is not a source this is not somebody with information but he's a very smart person who is connected to sports and we were having this conversation one day and he looked at me dead in the eye and he said i'm convinced he knows who was on jeffrey epstein's flights and i said oh my god like that's it right it would have to be that 
type of thing. Maybe. I don't even think we care about that. No, we care a lot about that, Do we really? Yeah, we would. We would care an awful lot. Yes. Yes. I mean, didn't the former president and his wife get involved in a bunch of crazy stuff with that dude? I think think all of of the presidents did for a little while. Both of of them. Um, I mean, I I seem to remember those those folks in Arkansas being involved in a lot of crazy stuff. I don't think we care about that. Do we we, really? Yes, we also elected a guy who was trying to have sex with his daughter. I mean, like, we've done a lot of crazy things. Well, he just said she was pretty. Exactly. He said he would date her. That's those were the words well, that he she's, said. She's kind of cute. I, I'm not saying she's not attractive. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> we agree about that much. No, he's got to have something. He, he he has to have something. But that was the, po- the point. Or they would have like, given him the boot already. It has to be something like that. It is there has any to be... way? I'll, I'll give you the, what I think it is. Okay. Because I don't think I don't think we really care. But these, oh, we've I, had, I completely we've had crooked politicians for 50 years. Yeah, but these aren't politicians. Got, these well, are, they are. No, you say that. You're They're... saying you're saying the NFL owners were on the plane. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's... But I'll give you one. I'll give you one that's bigger than that. And you and you already know what I'm going to say. You just haven't thought it through. Okay. He he's got to know something about gambling. He's got to know something about a game or a moment in the league or a year in the league or in some way, shape, or form where the outcome of a game or games was was contrived. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like it's certainly that that. It's possible. I, I, I'm just saying, like, that to me, if you were looking to shake up now, and now in 2022 particularly when everyone's betting, right? You, if you really wanted to wreck the league, you would say, oh, what about that Super Bowl when the Steelers beat the, the Cardinals? Yeah. I, and, and we as a league decided to fix that. I, well, I, I hear what you're trying to say. We've literally had these things play out in other sports, and it hasn't really. Like, there was a, a huge gambling scandal in the NBA. And what did it do to the NBA? It made it. The NBA is more popular than it was. Yeah, afterwards. but that wasn't a league scandal. It was a referee. Right, I understand that. I understand. I'm just saying, I, I think. But anyway, I'll just leave it with. And, you know, obviously you probably think the same thing. Like, somewhere, somehow, oh, there something. are some bones 100%. buried that only he knows. It has to be. Well, it makes that he no knows, sense. and they know, and they know he knows. <laughs> I, it, it makes no sense. It's it makes bizarre. Com- absolutely no sense whatsoever. The man just continues to do this. All right, so it's incredible. So, give me your thumbnail on Scotty Scheffler. Give me your. By the way, Drew Forrester is the host of Fairways and Greens every Sunday, twelve o'clock, on one hundred five seven The Fan, and I implore you to listen because we need there to be an audience when uh, Reed and I start at one o'clock here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, give me your thumbnail. Is this dude a guy who's on a historic heater, or is this dude a guy who's about to become like a generational type of player within this sport? It's, well, he's pretty good. He dynamite. just won a pretty big Dyn- tournament. Dynamite don't observation. Don't know if you know. Dynamite. Well, first of all, I think, you know, here's the, if you're looking to do the, you know, yellow pad ledger sheet thing, on the left side is why it's a fluke, and that fluke's a terrible word, why it's a once-in-a-lifetime heater versus generational. I would say this. He's, if you look at his golfing career, all he's ever done in his life is win. He won 90 junior tournaments. He won virtually every significant junior golf tournament you could win in the country, including the U.S. Junior Amateur, including the Azalea. He won a bunch of big-time, high-level junior golf tournaments. All he's ever done is won. Went to college, went to Texas, just continued to win. All he ever did was win. Made it into the, you know, made it on the tour, 
made enough money right away, had a great finish at the PGA Championship as a rookie. Um, all he's ever done is one. So he is eerily reminiscent to Tiger. Now, Tiger won six U.S. Junior events in a row, meaning right. he won the three U.S. Juniors and then he won the three U.S. AMs in a row. No one's ever done that, and no one will ever do that. But this kid's, this kid's pedigree is very similar to Tiger's. Very similar. But he hadn't won, so, but as of three months ago, he hadn't won anything. Correct. So it took him, a, you know, he got out on tour, 2000 and whatever, more, Cabo won. What would that have been, 19, or did he no. win in 20? He won the, the he right. won the PGA when there was when there were no fans. Right, so he 20. won in twenty. Yeah. Um and that was really Scheffler's first kind of year. Twenty twenty one last year he was good enough that they picked him on the Ryder Cup team. So he's really only been out there less than two years. You know, some guys play on the tour for ten years and don't win. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock in how long it's taken him. Um I would say that the one thing that also points to to him potentially being on a Rory-ish kind of run is the golf courses where he's won. He wanted a quirky, weird layout in Phoenix where the crowds are all drunk and rabid and screaming, and it's kind of like indoor dome golf, they call it. Then he went and won at Bay Hill and what was kind of looked a little bit like a U.S. Open setup where it was wet and the rough was up high and the greens were crazy. And then he went and won this marathon match play thing at another I wouldn't call it a quirky course, but it had certainly on the back nine had some weird holes. And then he just wanted what some people would say is the hardest venue in the in the venue wise, hardest venue in the country for a young player to win. So I would put a lot of stock in those things. Um, is he going to keep? Is he going to go eight out of twelve? Uh, Sixteen out of um, twenty-four? Right, you know, right? N- n- no, but I-, I think he's looking at a six or seven win year. I think he's, you know, he may pick and choose his tournaments a little more carefully now. He might not need to play 30. Maybe he can play 25. But he, he's not done winning this year. I think that's, I think that's a pretty safe bet for sure. Sure, sure. But there's I a, mean, his short game. But there's a big he, it's difference. Funny because yeah, it's funny how he, he, he doesn't. And, and I say this, and I say this to my golf team all the time. Like you're not playing golf swing. You're playing golf. Don't worry about what your golf swing looks like. Your ball doesn't know what the golf swing looks like. The your your clubs don't really know. Just make just make the best swing you can make it. Make the ball go forward and just aim correctly. It's an aim sport. So I think he has that sort of perfected. His golf swing isn't great, but he he knows how to hit a big block fade, get it in play. He's got great hands. He's really good around the greens, and he just is a good scorer. His golf swing's not technically isn't perfect, but he can. He gets it in the hole quicker than anybody else gets in the hole, which is the key. So I, I think he's I, – he doesn't have the quirkiness and the mechanical oddness that Spieth had. You know, his body – his swing is more odd in his lower body, where Spieth's swing was way more odd in his upper body. And I, I would say historically, guys with – Westwood would be a guy, Spieth would be a guy – those kind of players, Montgomery, guys with odd upper body moves tend tend to flame out quicker than guys with weird lower body moves. So I so okay. Let, let me let me pose it this way: for him to become someone that people outside of the golf world care about, this is always the context that I give. Right? Like you and I were hanging out at the FanDuel Sportsbook the other day, and 
it was a a moderate response. There was moderate interest in Scotty Scheffler ripping apart and tearing, you know, the, the, dominating this field and winning the Masters going away. It was it was toned down the response to that because the average person has no idea who this guy was before last right. week, right? Right. For him to become a figure that transcends, and this is, you know, the golf will always be better off in the for the casual observer to have somebody like this. And there's not going to be Tiger Woods. There's one Tiger Woods. You're not going to be able to replicate that. But when, when you, you referenced Rory McIlroy, Rory McIlroy was getting that type of interest for a little while. Jordan Spieth was getting that type of interest. It is is he a player that can trend in that way that the casual fan could really care about this guy? I say next year at the Masters. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think. I, look, golf, and we know this, right? And I'm not. I, we know this by looking at the roster, and you know this by looking at the tee sheet, and you know this by watching the, the the golf tournaments. Golf is predominantly a Caucasian sport at that level, right? So for a for a Caucasian player to stand out, it's much different than if it's an Asian player or if it's the Tigers of a mixed heritage, certainly like if a Harold Varner were to have this kind of run, sure, it would be that more, would be yeah. a magnificent story for golf, mm-hmm. right? He would become a needle mover in a different way if an African-American or, and Morikawa has an Asian look, even though he's an American, you know, American native, American born. Um, so I think the answer to your question is, can Sheffer do that? Absolutely. But the the optics of it are a little different because he looks just like a regular white college kid, right? So he's got to really do something Correct. to grab the casual fan. Correct. Um, and, you know, your comparison to, like, Roy, comparison to Roy and Spieth, even those comparisons are, aren't mutually exclusive because Rory is, was a foreigner, air quotes, right, who came to the U.S. and well, and he, and he had a famous girlfriend. And, right, you know, but were... he was a good-looking 20-year-old Irish kid who um, was on the verge, I think. You know, they always say, Tiger doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. I, I think, no pun intended there, I think um, I think Rory was kind of on that path. And then, you know, for whatever reason, lots of discussion about his equipment change, um, his personal relationships, for whatever reason, it it. it it dropped off. Mm-hmm. Um, Spieth was that way. I don't think I, and I would, I said this a lot on the air. I, I never thought Spieth had the mechanics to be a dominant player. What he had for a while was an incredible ability to make putts. Once that dried up, then he was just another player. Um, the same is right now kind of for Deshambo. Like when you're, and I think I even said this to you a month or so ago, you're, you'll see this time next year, He'll he'll be fifty pounds lighter. He'll he'll now go through another body mo- metamorphosis. He'll he'll go back to the way he was when he won the U.S. Amateur when he was twenty well, or nineteen. And people will go back to and, not caring about him then. Yeah, and so right, and and that's exactly right. He'll he'll just become another guy. Now, mm-hmm. what might happen is he might win some golf tournaments when he goes back to trying to play golf and not trying to just be a you know Paul Bunyan and hit it four hundred yards. Um, so I do think Sheffer has that ability, but I don't know if the optics of it will ever allow anyone to be, will allow that sort of player to be a, a, an international needle mover the way Tiger was and the way Rory was sort of kind of on the way. And even if you look at Fowler, like Ricky Fowler is an interesting case point, right? He yeah. was on 
but every he, commercial. But he was bigger in the golf world. Like it, it, it's still. But he had the ability, though. Right. Just because saying, he was good looking. He had the and ability. He, you know, he wore, to, correct. Right. He if he would have won ten tournaments and two majors. Yep. And he yeah, because he had all the other things. Yep. Right. If it's a pizza, Fowler had seven of them. He he just didn't have the one biggest slice, which is he couldn't win. Right. And so now. You, he's not doing any more commercials. And now he's, and you'll see, you know, next year, Sheffer will be pushing FedEx or, or AT&T or whatever, like, or Progressive, whatever these, whatever Fowler was doing, they'll just give that $5 million to Sheffer because he's winning. And so the optics of it are very difficult for, you know, I just say typical, for just a typical male golfer, you've got to be out extraordinarily good and Tiger checked all the boxes times two because he had a unique look. He had the black and red on Sunday. He knew he knew how to market. He beat everybody um, every time he played. We'll never see another one of those. But to your point, is there anyone out of this group that can, you know, be 2A? And I think Sheffer could be. Okay. I, I, I think because I do think he's going to continue to win. And as long as he wins, that'll that will lead him. And. Uh, you know, I don't know. Not I'm not suggesting this is bad. I don't know that he wants to make 250 million like Tiger and Phil did. You know, they they drove themselves to to make that kind of money because they they wanted it and they wanted to be stars. I, I have no idea if Scotty Scheffler really wants to be a star or if he just likes to win golf tournaments and make 2.5 million. And I do think there's a difference there. You know, Phil always just wanted to be a star. That's what Phil wanted. All the way back to when he grew up in San Diego. Right. He just wanted to be a star. Right. And I think Tiger wanted to be the greatest player in the history of golf. And with that came a lot of wealth and a lot of money. And Tiger, you know, has his history with it. And so does Phil. I don't know if these guys, I have no idea. Like, and you know, we talk about this with football players all the time. Like, I have no idea why they wouldn't, why Lamar wouldn't just scoop up $45 million. Like, are you insane? Just go take the money. But maybe ten million's enough for them. Yeah, I don't know. Right. It sounds weird. Right. But maybe Scheffler doesn't want to be Tiger. Maybe he just wants to go home and drive around in his 2016 Camry like he's driving around in. Maybe he doesn't care. I mean, yeah, but good. it sounds I, weird, right? I mean, I, but, look, but that could very well be the point. Right? I hear you. I hear you. I know it sounds weird, but you know, maybe forty million's enough for these guys. He's Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, and again, Fairways and Greens every Sunday at noon on 105.7 The Fan. Let's play a little Would You Rather Wednesday. I'm on this guy, by the way. If this clown doesn't bunt tonight, I'm going to go nuts <laughs> you're tomorrow. So, you're so worked up about this guy. You are so worked up about it. One and four. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And, and they know. had about 35000 there for the opener, by the way. Another another joke. <laughs> you can- Yet they claimed it was a sellout. You guys are so mad. No, it wasn't even a sellout. Everybody's so mad. John, John was mad about that. I'm like, I, you just can't get me to care. I'm sorry. I wish I cared. I wish I had that kind of, I just don't care. I had a lovely time at opening day with my father. It was a delightful afternoon. Why had 11,000 there last night if you count. If you count, I would go tonight. By the way, if I didn't have to work, I would go there. I would go there tonight uh, for to see Means versus Burns. That's a that's actually a yeah. Thing. That should be a good pitching yeah, matchup. But exactly. we'll probably have bases loaded in the ninth with nobody out, and he'll he'll let three guys swing away. Would you rather Wednesdays brought to you by Glory Days Grill? Go check out the new spring seasonal menu. It includes the opener, flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. If you've never had the Korean number two sauce on your wings and you don't know, you, you need better to go. get it. Yes, go find out immediately. Uh, also, the Crunch Burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. And they've got. Uh, <clears throat> 
the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com to get your order in. All right, would you rather, number one, would you rather the Ravens draft Georgia defensive lineman Jordan Davis in the first round, use their second round pick on injured but talented Michigan edge rusher David Ajabo, or they use those two picks and a fourth round pick to trade for DK Metcalf? Oh, Metcalf in a heartbeat. Okay, do you want to share a thought? Seen him play, know he can play, don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to come out as a pro and you know lay an egg. Give me the give me the guy that's played in the league. All right, number two. 100%. Would you rather the area is going to hang on a second? I asked the question. Do you have any idea what the Savannah Bananas are? I do. It's a minor league baseball team. Well, it's not really a minor league team. It's more like the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, uh, okay, but it's a show. Yes. Short, not, short answer is yes. It's baseball, but it's a baseball show. Is what right. it is. All right, so uh, there's going to be a new sports franchise in town. Would you rather it be the return of the Baltimore Thunder to the new Baltimore Arena, or it be the or Fred- a new baseball team? Well, stop it. The Frederick Keys rebranding themselves as the opponent for the Savannah Bananas, the party animals. She's a whiz. Who came up with this question? It's the dumbest question you've ever I don't had. Know if you've people really like the Savannah Bananas, bro. They're really in yeah. There. Yeah, I heard when you peel back some of their. Uh, oh, stop. All right, never mind. Number three, would you rather just? I don't even know. Baltimore Thunder. I mean, I, maybe I'll know. All right, this one you'll care about. Point. You'll care about this one. So settle down. Number three, would you rather? You got to bet everything you have. So Ooh, you know, not a, like not a lot, but like right. everything you have. You don't have to worry about that. I got their money. On Scotty Scheffler winning five more majors in his career, or Tiger Woods winning one. Um. Tiger winning one. He couldn't walk by the end of the weekend. That doesn't matter. He, he, it does, I fine. think it does matter. I'm pretty well, sure it ma- matters. It might matter there, but it's not going to matter long term. He'll go to St. Andrews in July. He'll be mu- in much better condition. Flat golf course. Um, I don't know the rotation of all the majors over the next five years, but he can always win at Augusta. Um, St. Andrews, flat. A lot of those the, the courses in the U.K. are flat. Um, I would say... A better bet that Tiger. I mean, look, in Phil's career, he's won six. Right. Sheffler would have to win six, or Tiger's got to win one. I would take Tiger winning one. All right, very good. What's coming up on fairways and greens? Oh, you know what? I'm glad you asked. We have a special edition on Sunday from twelve to two. Um, and I got uh, some special guests. I guess you might want to know who they are. We're going to talk to <laughs> Denny McCarthy. Okay. Who is uh, PJ Tours? Uh, Forty. Yep. 42nd right now on the uh, FedEx Cup list. Uh, we're going to talk to our friend Kevin Van Valkenburg, find out why he likes Roy McIlroy so much. And we're going to talk, speaking of golf swings, you mentioned um, Scheffler. Uh, we're talking to Jamie Guyland, who's a, a very good teacher up at Royal Manchester outside of York, and he's going to talk about Tiger's swing with his ailing right leg and um, Scheffler's unique move. All right, so we got all of that coming up on Sunday. Very good. That's Sunday, 12 to 2, and then uh, and then we're kicking you off for the second hour of the following week. Sorry. That's, That's just fine. the way it's going to go. Fairways and greens. I'll have you plenty of listeners by the time I, you and Rita get I in. I pray to God that's the case. At it's, a hooded, at it's a hooded forehand on Twitter and DrewsMorningDish.com. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Happy Easter to everybody. There you go. Drew Forrester, right. DrewsMorningDish.com. All right, give me your would-you-rather-Wednesday responses. Uh, would you rather them take Jordan Davis and David Jabo or trade for DK Metcalf? Jordan Davis and the Jabo. Why? I just – I feel like 
you, you, you on, on offense, you're going to be good because you're a running team anyway. Mm-hmm. On defense, you need guys on that interior line, and you need a pass rusher to, to match up with uh, Owe. I, 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 it's a no-brainer for me. All right, Paul and Ovilando says, I'll take Davis and Ajabo. It's cool to think of DK as a Raven until you remember Roman is still the offense coordinator. He'd be a nice toy that doesn't get used enough in that offense. Improve the D, take a flyer on Julio Jones later. KZ, I lean DK, but I'm very torn. Uh, Cy Metcalf, and I'm in the minority of fans who think we need a major upgrade at the wide receiver position. Jeff, make the draft picks. Z just goes with DK from Steve. Steve says, Glenn, those were not necessarily the picks that I would make, and I would prefer the second pick to be somebody that could also come in and help on day one, but ultimately the idea that you get two first-round talents with your first two picks is too good to take up, so I will end up going with the picks. Um, continue to get me your responses. We'll share them out as the day goes on. Number two, would you rather the Baltimore Thunder or the Party Animals in Frederick? I don't care. So I'll... Oh, 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 that's sad. You don't care about anything. (laughs) I care about things. I would absolutely take my kids to see the Party Animals. In fairness, though, this is the problem. I would also take them to see the Thunder. That's the... the, I would be... I think it'd be better for the community for the return of the Baltimore Thunder because I think it provides, like... One, no offense, it's out in Frederick. It's really far away to go. Um, it would be hard for there to be consistent jobs for something like that. Mm-hmm. But the Baltimore Thunder being in Baltimore would provide dates for the new facility to take up. This is still a league that averages over 5,000 fans a game. Um, I think it'd be a big deal. I think it would be. So it, I, I, I like I like both of them. I want there to be I want every sport. I want every league, I want every t- I want all these options. I want it all. I want it all. I want, I want all of it. But of the two, I'd probably go with the Thunder. As excited as I, I w- swear to God, I would take my kids every year out to mm-hmm. Frederick to see the Savannah Bananas. But there's, I, I, there's a limit to that. I'd go me. with the party animals, personally. Okay. All right. And um, by the way, that one also kind of split. Uh, KZ, Keys become the party animals. You want nuts? Let's get nuts. Uh, Paul Novilander, the Baltimore Thunder return. ESPN has started televising the NLL again, so it'd be nice to see them back playing again for the beautiful new Royal Farms Arena. From Tim, Tim says, Glenn, the Thunder were exciting. They were awesome. It is a shame that a sport that means so much in this community does not have any professional presence. That's a good point. That should change. I mean, the PLL comes and plays at Homewood Field every year, so it's not like it doesn't have any professional presence, but I get it, a consistent professional presence. I mean, part of the problem being the MLL is gone, so the only outdoor league is the one that travels around that doesn't have teams. So, like, there's a limit to that. So, yeah, if you're going to have a professional presence, it almost has to be in the NLL at this point. And so, yeah, that would be a way to go about doing it. And number three, uh, would you rather Scotty Scheffler, you bet everything you got on him winning five, or Tiger Woods winning one? Oh man, his short game is so freaking phenomenal. I, I gotta, I gotta go, Scheffler. I, 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 and look, I agree with Drew. I think that the Tiger's leg will get better and better and better as time goes on, and I think that he'll be competitive. Huh. But I just think I, I, I could see him winning. I could see Scheffler winning multiple majors every year. I hear you, man. But I don't know. Like hearing Fred Funk talk the other day about like how they, the, anybody else, they would have amputated it. And, like you. And say it gets better and better, but there's you're also getting he's approaching fifty. But like, he's also Tiger Woods. They could go. They they could make modern advancements in in medicine. I, and he I, could become bionic. I hear you. I don't know, man. 
Stecka, five more majors is a ton of majors. That's putting him in Mickelson, Faldo, Trevino territory. No way you can bank on that. Tiger will have more chances. Of course, it's like Augusta and St. Andrews this summer. I don't like either chance, but the Tiger one feels way more likely. Paul says, Scheffler, combination of Tiger's age, health, and there being more and more younger golfers that can win. I can't bet on him. From Steve, Steve says, absolutely no way I'm betting on Tiger after seeing the pain that he appeared to be in over the weekend. I know that there are courses that will suit him just fine, but it's still unlikely at this point. Scheffler looks really good right now. I'll take my chances. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Someone is winning a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. When we come back in, our buddy Keith Cavanaugh from Terrapin Time is going to check in with us. We'll talk to him about a lot of things going on in Maryland athletics world. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, O's families, break out your orange and black for kids' opening day on April 17th when the O's take on the New York Yankees. Be one of the first 7,500 fans, 14 and under, to receive an Orioles pop-it toy. And after the game, kids are invited to take to the field and run the bases like the pros, all presented by Wise Markets. Plus, experience a family fun day at the yard with caricatures, the Easter Bunny, and more. Celebrate the 30th anniversary of Camden Yards with kids' opening day. Buy now at Orioles.com kids. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number no. 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 
including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. If you have not picked up this print issue of PressBox, you only have one more week to do it, celebrating that 20th anniversary of the Maryland Men's Basketball National Championship. One-week warning for this print issue of PressBox. If you want this for the rest of your life with Gary Williams there on the cover, you got to go get it at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of those hundreds of locations around town before it's gone. And we make way for the new print issue of PressBox, which hits stands next Wednesday. Joining us now, a friend of mine for a while, and a man who, of course, you have read and followed, Terrapin Times, and heard on literally every radio station in town over the years. He is my buddy, Mr. Keith Cavanaugh, and he's back with us here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? Glenn, good morning. I picked up a copy of that issue. I'm glad I did. At Pepe's the other day. How about that? Gary on the cover. Looked like Gary had dropped 30 pounds since I saw him last in uh, Rehoboth two months ago. So that was a great shot of him on the cover. I wish we all could be that. But he's still looking looks great, great fit and trim in person. Yeah, uh, uh, I see him periodically down at the beach. So good stuff. Great, great issue. And a very emotional conversation with Gary for this uh, particular issue. Like he really, like I, I was particular. I think I've shared. I was really moved. Like he went to tears a couple of times as we were chatting with oh, him he, for the cover story. He, he gets emotional all yeah. the time. You know, yeah. it could be an innocuous topic you're talking about yeah. after a game 20 years ago, and he'll well up. Um, very emotional guy. And uh, when you get him one on one, off the court, away yep. from all the uh, all the ac- action, and all, um, he's very soft spoken, modest. I spoke to him about his granddaughter playing out at Wright State this year. So I think she may have injured her knee. She was a freshman. So it's always good to catch up on the trail with Gary. All right, let's talk about a couple things, uh, Keith. One, let me start just, you know, you, you've covered this program for a very long time. Your initial impressions of Kevin Willard and how he fits here, the staff that he's put together, the success they might be able to have, particularly locally, in, in yeah. just hitting the ball or hitting the ground running. What have you made of Kevin Willard since he's arrived in College Park? You're hitting the ground running with the staff of Skin, Cox, and then Tavon Sadler from Baltimore. We uh, broke that about two weeks ago. Maryland will announce that in the coming weeks when that's all formalized. But he represents Baltimore, former St. Francis player from Aberdeen. Then you got Cox and Skin in the DMV. One's from Team Takeover, one's from D.C. Assault, and those are the two preeminent powers down there among the AAUs. But um, Willard's wasting their time. You know, and Grant Billmeyer, of course, down from Seton Hall, he's been a great big man recruiter and big man developer over the years as Willard's right-hand man. So last weekend, the first open period, Willard and staff were in both um, Indianapolis and Orlando at the first big AAU tournaments. It's a closed period till this Friday. No AAUs this weekend, actually, with Easter. However, portal visitors are already coming in this weekend. Jermaine Cousarned, who is a 6'4", 2-guard, South Carolina portal transfer, averaged 12 points, 
uh, rebounds, two and a half assists this past year. South Carolina, a former four-star out of Indiana. Uh, Kuznard is visiting this weekend. He's portal official visitor, target number one. And then in-state, Noah Batchelor, who's from Adamstown, a six-seven, three or four-star wing. He will be visiting either this weekend or next weekend. He's kind of had a circuitous high school route, been at a couple different schools. He's at IMG right now. I describe him as a poor man's Danny Miller in that he's a good spot-up shooter. He doesn't create really, really well, but he's also a great athlete. Okay. But he being a good in-state guy, he's down in Maryland, LSU, and Jermaine is down in Maryland and Ohio State. So hitting the ground running indeed, and Tonight, uh, Willard and Loxley will be in Frederick at a booster event toward the turf, engaging fans and the media more. That's something Turgeon didn't like to do as much. Um, so they'll be out. and they did, I think they had one in Annapolis last week, tonight in Frederick. So Willard's getting out there doing all the critical things, i.e. staff, recruits, and now booster engagement to get this fan base awoken again. What is the biggest, you know, Keith, this is not, I can't, I don't know if it can be easily defined. The biggest hurdle that Kevin Willard and his staff faces, given the difficulties of the last, you know, let's let's be fair, for the most part, the last twenty years, right? Like, they, of course, the the there was the run to the the ACC regular yeah. season title, and there was the ACC championship in two thousand four, but and then the Big Ten title a couple years ago. But let's be fair, right? Like, those have been more blips on the radar since two thousand two. What are the biggest yeah, hurdles uh, that they face in reestablishing Maryland as a basketball power? Well, mind you, they're heading into the gauntlet or the backdrop we've already seen. Um, the, the multitude of unintended consequences from the NCAA with the portal, with the NIL, with COVID. So it's a wild, wild west. They're coming down here to recruit at. Uh, it's a very difficult time to not only recruit high school kids, not only recruit portals, but you have to re-recruit every kid in your program right. every day of the week so they don't up and dime on the dime and, and flip and go to Penn State or wherever it dreams of NIL riches. So the NCAA clearly has to clean some of these things up. But that being said, a lost decade, Glenn, in basketball. Maryland's totally irrelevant, really, on the national scene with the exception of a blip here and there. Um, one or two years. How many games did we see Xfinity Center two-thirds empty this year? No doubt. The out-of-conference out of schedule was soft. Roster, not only recruiting, with so many hits and misses, more misses, or guys you took who couldn't play, or guys who flamed out before they even took the court, but roster composition, when there were so many guys just coming in, uh, in a spring shuffle of portals and international guys, uh, one and done, or, you know, not because of ability or performance, but they were just gone before they barely even started. There's no fan identification with the players, the program, when everything's a one-year deal. Willard is great at finding maybe a three-star nugget, developing him, developing him, keeping him around for three or four years. Now, he'll also pull... Uh, the NBA guys look at Sandro and Powell and other guys, and I think Roden's going pro now. So he's always recruited above his station. Seton Hall's a tough place to recruit. Him and Bill Meyer are great developers of talent. We haven't had that he here. I mean, how many guys, Glenn, have you seen regress here right. over the years right. instead of progress? So, you know, it's just, um, it, it was just too helter skelter program building. Yeah. Now, obviously they're going to get the dedicated basketball facility. Maryland's one of the, you know, the big schools that lacks that. That's still really three years away from completion. 
But Willard's not sitting around worrying about that every day like Turge was. So he also, there needs to be more booster engagement and cultivation, not only your general fans, but your big boosters with businesses now with NIL. They need to set up an entire dedicated NIL shop uh, that's clicking on all cylinders to compete with all the elites. We saw Chop Robinson leave on the Eva Spring Ball last week. Now he's a Penn State and Italy Lion, one of their top locals from Quince Orchard. So we can go on and on and on. But it's been a lost decade. Um, <clears throat> no system, no identity, no culture really in the program that you could define or sustain from year to year. It was just always kind of a cluster. Uh, you're not wrong, Keith. You're certainly not wrong about that. <laughs> I could go on for another no, three or no, four man. Hours. We are, sure we we've, we've all been we, we've been talking about it for a, it's just sort of what you, you know. And it, it feels I don't want to disparage anybody, but we just can't deny reality, and that's been the reality of what this program has been for a bit. And so that's yeah. what they're walking I mean, into. Maryland. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're all right. I mean, I look. Let, let's move. Keith Cavanaugh is with us here in GCR. I, I you touched on re-recruiting your own players and. Oh. For the most part, that group of guys has been fairly quiet, but we've seen them working out. We've seen video of, you know, like Juju Reese and all that. Like, at some point, do we just assume that that the key guys, and it's, it's not a very deep group, but the key guys that you want to keep around, yeah. the Dante Scotts, the Juju Reeses, do you assume that they are sticking around, or are you still waiting to hear them actually say that at some point or put, you know, some image on Twitter that says, yes, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, This you talk about uncharted territories, we've never had this before yeah. where a guy's on a team and we're all sitting here saying to ourselves, like, he's still on the team, right? <laughs> yeah, so we know Dockery and Wahab are gone. Yep. I expect Rivas to leave here this spring. Uh, he's in over his head, so that's another ship. He's going to have six or seven ships. To, but, but, Glenn, everything now is a year a year-to-year thing. Yep. Okay. Everything now is a month-to-month, week-to-week, day-to-day. What if Johnny doesn't get enough reps at spring ball today and he decides to leave tonight? <laughs> so you're asking me a question that's very nebulous because no one can predict who's going to sweep swoop in with some NIL uh, riches and a guy just vaporized into the ether or a gal, as we just saw with the women. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Exodus. Yeah. Now, the good thing is they hit a trifecta in the last 48 hours, got three portals. Brenda can bring gals in. Now she's got to do a better job of keep keeping them, but that's another story. So um, right now, there's no evidence anyone else is going to leave. Juju is happy, albeit his sister is rolling out, Angel. Um, so you, but you continually, I mean, Hate, I would hate to be a coach in this day and age. You stuff, can't right. enough because right. you have to pander to them, and the kids are soft these days. You make them run gassers or whatever, and they can keep running out the fence and get on a bus and go to Penn State the next day. So, you know, it's all instant gratification. Um, it's all you got to pander and kiss the, you know, what, not only the players, but their mentors, their uh, <laughs> coaches, their AAU coaches, uh, their handlers. And right now, I tell you, women's basketball recruiting parents are 10 times worse than men's basketball recruiting parents uh, have become in the last four years or so. It's just crazy. Keith, let's talk about the women's side of things, because when you see another exodus of players, you, you know, you heard, of course, there are people that say there, there has to be a problem here. Like, it just cannot be that everything is an isolated situation. There's got to be a bigger issue. We all know. Brenda Freeze is clearly an incredible coach. She's won God knows how many. I don't even know the number of number of games at this point. Like she's just she's an unbelievably accomplished coach. What do you make of the fact that we have now seen this a lot of players in this program 
choosing to depart over the course of the last decade? Okay, let's be a cup half full. Let's start with some positive news. In the last 48 hours, they got two top 50 guards, yep. the former Texas A&MD commits and Brianna McDaniels and um, Gia Cook. Uh, and then last night, Eliza Pinzan from USF, yep. who's um, a great ball distributor, game manager, not as big a scorer or explosive an athlete as the other two. Abby Myers, who leading scorer in the Ivy League in Princeton, she's still the sign between Maryland and Princeton. She's from Walt Whitman High School in Bethesda. Hopefully they can get her, but they really need some bigs. Now, if you want to break down each gal, okay, so who left? So Kozlovo, obviously, she's from Moscow. She's Ukrainian. She had to go home last month. Who knows what her future is? It may not be basketball. Shanice Lewis had blown out the knee, hadn't played in two years. I thought she was going to medically retire. She's gone in the portal. So neither of those were impacts, okay? Mimi Collins, I think, just needed a change of scenery. She's going to go to NC State for her, what is it, six year now. Remember, she started at Tennessee, then came to Maryland. Uh, and, she, and she was a very nice piece, but not a major impact. Ashley Wusu had gotten terribly out of shape the last two years, um, had been injured, had been hurt or and sick, Um became way too ball-dominant and out of control and just could not run that offense. So she's checking out. If she would ever get in top shape and optimal game mentally and physically, um, she could be one of the preeminent guards in the country. Angel Reese is 6'3", wants to be a jump shooter, Glenn. Same as Shakira Austin model. (laughs) You know, at some point... now. Brenda coaches hard, but not that hard. Right. Maybe at some point, Brenda may have to be a little more flexible and say, okay, we can let you get some three-point touches. But mind you, Angel Reese, I think, shot 12% from three uh, this year. So yeah. that's the other problem. Every four wants to be a three. Every three wants to be a two. Every two wants to be a one. If they don't get their way, some of them go. So we've seen a trail of tears in this pattern. Okay, Taylor Mikesell, she wants to be the show. She transfers to Oregon terrible decision. She's a half-court player, not a go-go up and down the court like Oregon. Flames out after one year. Has seemingly found her niche at Ohio State, her home state. Look at Shakira. She did great in the draft this week. Uh, you know, She transferred to Ole Miss, but she wanted more perimeter touches and shots. But she said she went down there and left Maryland, but she wanted to create a championship culture. Well, Ole Miss has been to one NCAA right. tournament in 25 years, and they lost in the first round of South Dakota uh, last month <laughs> in a major upset. So I'm not sure what championship thing. So every gal has a different story. It is also the nature of the beast this day with NIO, with the ease of movement, with the non-transfer rule where you have to sit out. Maryland also got Lavender Briggs, you know, the former four-star All-American transfer from Florida, um, who came in mid-year, so she'll be eligible. So, as Loxley will say, every day of the week, the portal giveth, the portal yeah, taketh, and then use, it's the new norm, as you and I know. And, and you know, I've heard Mike Loxley said to me a couple of times, said, you know, we're not always disappointed about some of the decisions these players make. Well, <laughs> look at look at uh, Brandon Jennings; he's already gone from K State. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great point. So he'll be on his third school in, in less than a year. It's a, it's a very good point. Keith, with that in mind, just one more on football. Then I want to talk to you about an event that's happening this week up here in Baltimore. Sure. Um, I, you know, the, the, we, we, were talking, we were talking to Spencer Anderson about this last week. What it takes, you know, this ends up being a good season for Maryland. They get to a bowl game. They win it handily over a, 
a rival type of program and that yeah. that people are excited about that. But it's still a seven and six season where they got their butts kicked in a lot of big games. Are they capable? Yeah, two out of the three. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, are they, are they capable of making a, a next step type of jump? Or is that still too much to ask of this roster right now? Like, are they capable of the next step being, hey, the, the floor should be getting into a bowl game and they can be more competitive in Big Ten games against quality opponents in as we move towards this fall? Yeah, now two or three coordinators are gone. And obviously, defense was woeful last year. Special teams was really woeful at times. <laughs> so uh, there's hopefully some progress there and adjustments. Um, and Danny Enos, of course, still running uh, the offense and with uh, Leah back. Um, points of concern after the linebackers all just left. Jay Sean Barn from St. Francis to step in and play right away as a freshman. Thank God they got Vanderis Callen, the portal transfer from West Virginia. Kicking is huge. Chad Ryland, the portal transfer at EMU, he's going to come and do a job, better job between them. Um, but you're replacing tight end, running back, uh, the D-line a lot there, and your whole back end. I like Bo Braden, Dante Trader. There's some new safeties, Dante from McDonough, of course. Um, but they have still enough pieces. Copeland, the portal transfer from, receive, uh, from Florida, is excellent. He's going to impact things right away. Um, so hopefully the two new coordinators, um, you know, spice things up here uh, defensively and um, special teams. There were just so many gaps. They were just egregious last year on special teams. Um, the non-conference is pretty light this fall. So hopefully they can take incremental steps and win eight games uh, this year. Are they going to win nine or ten now or anytime soon? Probably not. Um, and they do need a number two quarterback to develop behind Leah, because right now all you got is walk-ons and two freshmen in uh, Edge and Saray arriving in the fall. So, still a lot of question marks. Um, Loxley has not been seen or heard since the first day of uh, spring media day. He will do his first media uh, chat on Saturday. So, we'll see how things are going. Otherwise, all the practices have been closed. All right. And and look, I, I think that taking another step forward and the problem being you're going to have to land another quarterback, right, at some point. that that, that You are going to run up on that. You're going to need another quarterback to come in in order to sustain that moving forward. But just continuing to take incremental steps, I think, would pacify this fan base and believing that there is, there's a there there, as I've said a number of times over the years. And uh, people yep. like to have fun with me over it. All right, um, Keith, Let me. in addition to what you do with Terrapin Times, and I want you to, you know what, before we get touch on the other thing, go ahead, plug Terrapin Times for everybody. TerrapinTimes.com. There you plug. go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now. Now. It's pretty intuitive. You are involved um, with our friends at the Babe Ruth Museum, and we, I remember having a conversation about this card that's arriving the first opportunity for the public to get a look at one of the most valuable pieces of, of sports card memorabilia on the planet is coming up this weekend, correct? Yeah, so in the off-season, I have a lot of fun helping out with some special projects down at the Babe Ruth Museum. You know, love Mike Gibbons and Sean Hearn and Katie Dick. Um, this weekend, or this Friday, um, they display and unveil probably their singular most significant exhibit ever. The $8 million Babe Ruth pre-rookie card from 1914, which was an insert in the old Baltimore News Post newspaper they threw on your doorstep. 
i.e. not many survived all those years being tossed in a newspaper on the doorstep. This is one of only 13 in existence, and it's the highest grade of three on a scale of 10 with PSA. It arrived yesterday. Tomorrow will be media day and a sneak peek at the card. The card also includes 14 mates from that same set, which is very rare as well. Uh, in this display case, they built out a $30,000 security apparatus display case for this $8 million Babe Ruth pre-rookie card when he was back with the Baltimore International League, of course, right out of St. Mary's before he went to the Orioles slash Red Sox slash Yankees and what have you. The significance of this card, and we know the collectibles craze is going crazy ever since COVID and some other factors uh, in the last couple of years. This was the first sports card that became a commodity where people were able to buy shares in and are continuing to do so. The anonymous owner lives in Florida. He's loaning this card to the museum permanently. So it'll go on permanent display starting Friday morning and couldn't be more timely with the Yankees coming to town. So the Babe Ruth Museum is an iconic, great location there, a block and a half from the stadium. It's a Baltimore treasure you don't want to see go away. So if you get a chance and you love Babe, Baltimore, museums, sports cards, collectibles, that whole space, the Yankees, um, get on down there starting this Friday and check it out. It's uh, really a dazzling display. That's really cool. Really cool. So starting this Friday and just so happens to coincide with the fact that the Yankees are in town this weekend. So if you're headed down yeah, to the... So- yeah, if you're be swarmed by Yankee fans. Yeah, there, there'll be a Yankees. lot of them. Yeah, but it's like that all the time. We, I think we're just used to that at this point. Um, yeah, and if, there's intrigue for Yankee and Red Sox fans when they come to town historically to come over to the museum because of Abe's so, no history and all. No question. So you can get down there starting this weekend, starting on Friday, to see this $8 million card, which is remarkable and I can only imagine how much Mike is sweating the amount of security that has to go along <laughs> with something like that. Holy crap, that's incredible. All right, Keith Cavanaugh, uh, appreciate you, my friend. It's good to catch up with you. TerrapinTimes.com. Anything else? Are you guys on social media at all? Can I plug anything like that? It's... Yeah, yeah, you young kids out there on social media. I'm an old curmudgeon. But, yes, we are uh, at TerrapinTimes.com, I think. Is at... our Twitter. At Terrapin Times MD. At Terrapin Times MD. That's how you. Yeah, something like that. I leave it up to all you youngsters. Too old and. uh, Brian Pell. I have to call up my tenth grade daughter to help me on the uh, on the Twitter skate. But yeah, we're out there. Just Google us on Twitter and/or visit our site. We're breaking all the recruiting news, visits, comings, goings, all the good stuff. Um, Yeah, we're at spring football practice. Got a lot of clips, so it's a lot of fun, and I've been doing it since. Glenn, I've been covering the turf since 1986. I was going to say, far longer than I've been in this business. I know that to be a fact. Before you were even born, right? Uh, Not before I was born, but close. Close. I was was 83, Keith. I was 83. Okay. All right. So a lot of fun, but yeah, it was great visiting with you today and hope to see you again soon. Well, and pop on down to the museum, too. 100%. Uh, Keith Cavanaugh, Terrapin Times. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for see us. Yeah, take care, Glenn. Keith Cavanaugh checking in with us here on GCR. What were you? I'm sorry, Paul. What were you trying to tell us about Brian Powell? Um, Brian Powell corrected me. It's actually at MD Terrapin Times. At MD Terrapin Times. All right. So apologies for that. At MD Terrapin Times is how you follow them. 
All right. Uh, very good. We are winding down for a Wednesday edition of the program today. Or just a reminder, if you missed Simply the Bets yesterday, you can find it right now by going to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and clicking on the Videos tab or going to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Every Tuesday, 11.40 a.m., Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And returning next Thursday, weekend at Bookies as well at 11.40 a.m. Let's go ahead and... Is there any... I feel like there was something that I wanted to get to or that somebody asked me to get. Yeah, whatever. It's a long week. We'll get to it tomorrow. Let's get to this. Let's get to a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Baltimore Police... Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. All right, so Juan Soto, who in my opinion is the best baseball player in the world. it's a good one for hit, sure. Hit his 100th career home run last night at 23 years and 169 days old, according to ESPN Stats and Info. He became the fourth youngest player to hit 100 career home runs among, uh, among players to debut in the divisional era since 1969, who are the only three players that were younger than Juan Soto when they hit their 100th home runs. Ken Griffey Jr. No. it's a little surprising. I know, right? Uh, Andrew Jones. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, he is second. 23 years, 62 days. I was just kind of surprised he was that old when he got the 100, right. considering he started at 19. Um, right, how, many, how many were there? I'm sorry. Uh, j- just three, so you have just two three. more. Uh, Aaron Judge. No. He's already th- almost 30, and he debuted in 2017. Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. About, um, what about Pete Alonzo? No. Um, how about... So you're on the right track when you think about players that debuted when they were teenagers. Yeah. I just got to remember who those guys were. Like, it, it, you famously remember Andrew Jones because of what he did in the postseason. Right. Justin Upton. No. I was on the right track. Mm-hmm. Debuted when he was a teenager. This guy debuted when he was 18. How long ago, though? Mid-90s. Mid nineties, debuted when he was eighteen. Now he didn't become an everyday player when he was eighteen, but he debuted when he was eighteen. Uh, he debuted when he was eighteen. I guess just talking to the microphone. I have the problem when I do this, where I'm debuted when he was eighteen. Lost rookie status at nineteen. Lost rookie status, and in his 19. first full season at twenty. He won the American League batting title. Why am I not? I just... I don't... Uh, I'm not sure I'm... He I played for three teams, one of them very prominent. I, I'm... I'm going to feel stupid when, when I find out who it was, but my God, it ain't... It ain't... It ain't played for three teams, one of them very prominent, mm-hmm. in the mid-90s. He is remarkably famous. In the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Remarkably famous, came up, played for three teams. So mm-hmm. it's Alex Rodriguez. It's Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. 23 years, 16 days. Yeah. 
I just was, I don't know why I was struggling with the fact that, all right, yeah, I should have come up with that quicker. And then the third, eh, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I will Who give you it? one hint. He famously okay. got a base hit when the when the Orioles were trying to intentionally walk him. Oh God! Oh, it's um, oh, the Marlins, right? He, yeah, he doesn't play for them anymore. But is he still playing? He's still playing. Oh, I thought it was. Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera, yeah, twenty-three exactly. years, one hundred twenty-seven days. God, I should I should have done, done better with. I that. was at that game. Were you really? Way, that was so stupid. I was funny. at that game. It's pretty funny. It was a pretty funny moment, man. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook Live Casino and Hotel. We're back for the first round of the NFL Draft. The NFL chick Sarita Hubbard and I will be there on April 28th. Come join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You want to guarantee your spot because it's going to be a popular night to be there. Pick-by-pick betting, so many opportunities for you to make money. Email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to guarantee your spot for the first round of the NFL Draft on Thursday, April 28th. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. As we mentioned a couple of times, Corbin Burns, John Means, the pitching matchup on Masson tonight for the Orioles and Brewers. That's at 7 o'clock this afternoon, National Braves 1220 on Masson. It's also on MLB Network and the rest of the country. Locally, MLB Network will have Guardians Reds at 1230. Padres Giants at 330, Blue Jays Yankees at 7, ESPN Plus, Red Sox Tigers at 1. The Maryland women's lacrosse team is at Princeton tonight at 7 on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Stevenson's at home tonight at 7 against Messiah. Go MustangSports.tv. Maryland baseball on the road at James Madison at 6. JMUSports.com. ESPN for the play-in tournament. Uh, Hornets-Hawks at 7 o'clock. Then Spurs-Pelicans at 9.30. We are uh, Pelicans and Hawks fans tonight as far as... No, I didn't pick the Pelicans. I don't care who wins the Western Conference game because I picked the... Clippers to get in anyway. Pick chalk there. We are Hawks fans for sure. TNT, Rangers Flyers, 7 o'clock. Kings Avalanche, 9.30. Paramount Plus, Champions League. Liverpool, Benfica at 3. Atletico Madrid, Man City at 3. TBS, AW Dynamite tonight at 8. Any non-sports highlights? Uh, Wednesday night slate of television on ABC. The Goldbergs, The Wonder Years, O'Connor's Home Economics, and A Million Little Things, 8 through 10.30. Um, you have... On Netflix, our great National Parks Netflix documentary, Smother-in-Law, new Netflix series. And um, on Disney+, Plus, you have Moon Knight Episode 3 tonight. All right. All right. Um, I have not watched yet, and I need to do Me that. Me either. I need to get on it. I do. Unfortunately, it's going to have to wait because I just got a screener of We Own This City, and we're going to start doing some coverage for that because it's debuting on HBO here in like two weeks. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks incredible, of course. I'm, I'm not surprised by the fact that it looks incredible, but I just literally got sent overnight the uh, screener for it. So I got to dig into that before we start uh, doing interviews and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be a busy week for your boy. Um, very difficult job of watching a popular television show. I Don't worry. I'm willing to do it for you guys. I'll be the hero. Probably gotta, okay? You'll probably get a screener for Winning Time Season 2 also. I would like that after everything that I've done. I would love if they would say I actually haven't minded waiting until Mondays in order to watch. I, it, it, or Sunday night or Monday, whenever I can get around to it. It's been very exciting for me knowing there's another episode. I prefer watching week to week. Yeah. I don't mind it with, with, with really good shows. I don't mind it. When I get used to watching something, like the, like the Ozark thing pissed me off because I was used to just getting through the entire season at once. So then I was like, God, I got to wait. Now nah, I'm pissed off. But if I'm not used to it, I prefer watching 
week to week. It's something I can look forward to moving forward. The Only next two week. weeks till Ozark comes back. And then I saw there was a Stranger Things trailer that I hit. Saw, I saw the trailer. It looks very intriguing. And the, part one uh, comes out May 17th and part two July 1st. All right. It's very good. Hey, thanks today to uh, Keith Cavanaugh. Thanks to Drew Forrester. And thanks to Drew Rom. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Our buddy Bruce Cunningham is going to join us in the studio tomorrow morning as he is officially into retirement. We're going to chat with him. Uh, he's going to spend the second hour of the program with us. Also tomorrow, Daniel Jeremiah. From NFL Network is going to check in with us. Um, Save your Scruggs at 1020. Okay. Uh, former MLB player, now an analyst for ESPN. And um, Josh Ross. Because you're recording with him unless you want to. Yeah. I thought, what about what about the Stadium Authority? Are we doing that tomorrow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the chairman of the Stadium Authority. Tom is Kelso. At, 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 yes, at 1050. Okay. All right. So we got a lot to do. We'll figure out how we're going to move it all around. But we got a lot to do on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley III. Follow Ryan Shell at Rexpex Ryan. Thanks to him. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds, sure. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.